94 on this November 1st, 2019. Game of the year is three, no, four, four five weeks away, something like that. Just, just over a month. That's not an okay thing. Still, many games to play. Uh, joining us to talk about the many games that need to be played in the next month and a week or so. Uh, Alex. Oh, I thought you were going to attempt. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it November? Is it Fohawk Vember? I don't know. It's, it's No Nut November. Oh, God. Anyways, hi. Put away your hentai games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I going to have to edit uh, that out? <laughs> Allison? Oh, oh, hi. And uh, Pat? Hello. <laughs> what is this? This opening? I don't fucking I never know what we don't talk about bits before we do the opening and no sometimes that leads to gold this sometimes this isn't a bit I don't know what it is though <laughs> I don't either I'm, that's what I'm saying is that I don't we never plan these things oh man well good sometimes good we get a little bit of guidance beyond good good, good morning good evening welcome to November where we choose to grow mustaches and that's all that's it that is all. <laughs> That's all we'll sign off to as a podcast, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and we say no to <laughs> yes. peanuts and other the pistachios, hazelnuts. Uh, I have had no nuts this November. I mean, neither. That is fair. My coworker Pistachio is allergic. Nut? My, my coworker is allergic <laughs> to walnuts and peanuts, but not cashews, and I don't know why. Hey, if you if, you're, if you can only have nut? if you can only have one nut. All cashews natural, are a pretty white good one. Cashews are good, though. Okay, I think to swing back the idea of one nut November is pretty good. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> I think, I think, I think peanuts are probably the nut that I would want access to the most because, like, they're in so many things. But yeah, honestly, if I'm just gonna have a nut, I'd I'd rather have a cashew than a peanut. I think it's just for just. <laughs> Technically, peanuts. We're aren't just snacking, nuts, right? Peanuts aren't nuts, so you so can, they're, they're, they're you can double dip. You yeah, but if you have a peanut there, allergy, I'm more peanut, talking about well, the allergy situation. Anyway, sure. But well, right, I mean, but if we're talking about one nut November, can we? Do you get can I just say and like an all-natural white pistachio nut? I hate pistachios. I don't get that. Uh, Is a macadamia nut. Macadamias are okay. Harlem pepper. If you don't good. stop naming nuts. Uh, what about uh, corn, what, you know, corn nuts? Those are those aren't really nuts, <laughs> man. I like nobody talks about corn nuts anymore. Like I remember they were like. A big I bet Joe Biden talks it, about corn nuts. Like they yeah, definitely bon talked about them. In talks that. about corn nuts, but like oh, they talk about them on Bon Appetit. They did. Uh, people, they did in that most recent. No uh, one's eaten, as far oh. as I'm concerned, no one's eaten corn nuts since like 2002. <laughs> I haven't. Like, they talked about my bone up teeth this week. Yep. I can't remember. I must have eaten corn nuts once in my life. I can't I remember. Don't think I have. When that but. happened, though, it may have happened prior to 2002. It's possible. But I don't think I would have eaten corn nuts when I was a kid. That's very specific. Let's, let's draw a timeline of when we all have eaten corn nuts this morning. <laughs> I think if I ate corn nuts, I was, was probably when I was in high school. No, for me, it was all elementary school. 
I don't no, know because I, I wouldn't have eaten those. I would have been weirded out by them when I was a kid. I know it. I had them when I was in the states because people made fun of me for never trying corn nuts. That's a dumb oh, that's, thing to make fun of that's someone. That's weird for. because I've never tried corn <laughs> yeah, nuts. Yeah, they're not and, that ubiquitous. I've never been made fun of for not, it's not eating corn nuts. I make fun of myself for have eaten like being <laughs> yeah. corn nuts. That's like, stupid reason on, to make like, fun of someone. Like I, if someone said I've never had corn nuts, I'd go, oh, yeah, they're not very good, and then move on. Cool Ranch corn nuts. Oh, the other thing is, what was that cereal? Cool Ranch Kick? anything is good. Kicks is that the cereal? Yeah, Kicks are great. Yeah, people are like, you need to try Kicks for like a month, and I tried it. That's like, a this, very that's weird, another thing, weird thing to, to get on somebody about. Like, this is okay. People if in you Boston were like, are weird. If you were like, I've never had Taco Bell, I would be like, oh, well, you should get some fucking Taco Bell. I've never like, had we Taco should go, Bell. We should, we should I've go never see had that. Taco that's Bell. like a thing. I I understand because I assume Taco Bell's not that big in Canada. Oh, it's it's here. Um, oh yeah, it has a. Oh, okay, well you should have some coffee. Some coffee. Some Taco Bell. <laughs> I need more coffee. You should have some Taco Bell. Taco Bell's good. Uh, you don't, I mean, you don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. It's not terrible for you. It's not as bad as other fast food places, but it's not like health food. But it's it's good. You, but you don't need to try it. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're just very wrong about that. Everyone needs to have Taco Bell. Yeah, Death Stranding is a bad game. Anyways, I mean, I would steamer trunk full of sperm. Thank you, Polygon. I would much rather (laughs) if 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 you said you cannot play Death Stranding, but you you have to pick one, either never have Taco Bell for the rest of your life or never have Death Stranding for the rest of your life. You bet your ass, I would rather have the Taco Bell than play Death Stranding. So. I mean, what I if they? Like, though, what if Kojima that's... put corn nuts in Death Stranding? If you had a canteen or like a little satchel that converted time, like Timefall into corn nuts, they go with your Monster Energy. I mean, canteen. he's really into branding. So, did you apparently like the water canteen yeah. turns your water into Monster? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a real your, thing. Your canteen <laughs> transforms the water into Monster Energy drink. <laughs> not as good for you as water no no it's not as good for you as corn nuts either (sighs) i don't know Uh, okay well uh, we're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsor corn nuts (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know if i can who makes corn nuts there's Um, a very good let's find out yeah there's a possibility that that corn nuts is made by a company that i would not want a sponsorship from media Um, it's made by d's corn nuts guardian (laughs) wait region or state south america oh yeah corn nuts are a natural natural thing they're from peru it's also a brand it's like it's both like a food and a brand yeah okay okay corn nuts is a registered trademark of craft foods Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Craft isn't great, but not as bad as that's not as bad as I was thinking. Craft be. could be worse. I, yeah, that's, that's man, a new slogan that they can have. Craft, for free. craft, a bad company, but not the worst company. Could be worse. I don't know where um, I'm supposed to find craft mac and cheese in Japan. Maybe Costco, I do but I don't have a car. Do, yeah. Craft mac and cheese is like one of those things where you have it. And you're like, this isn't real cheese, but I, I'm 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 enjoying it. It's it's exa- it's a very specific thing. Yeah, it's, it's a thing wholly unto itself, and you, sometimes you're just like mm, some craft mac macaroni and cheese. And cheese is, craft macaroni and cheese is better than most like real cheese macaroni and cheeses out there. See, it I is- wouldn't go that far, but like. <laughs> <laughs> tastes better. I would argue it tastes better for the, sure. I would go for the white cheddar one if you're going to do that. Uh, white cheddar's good. I like thick and creamy. 
is a yeah, is do. a is a type of I'm look I'm not I'm sorry that is one of the f- like quote flavors of Kraft mac and cheese that is I've the one that is the best. I've never heard of that, but I'll believe you. All right, so I can this don't know what to can the, the title of this episode be thick and creamy, and we'll just leave it there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, a, I mean, I, I, November. <laughs> you don't. I mean, I feel like we need, to, we need to either it's not macaroni and nut. <laughs> <laughs> it either needs to be thick and creamy or one nut November. Like I think those are both uh, fine. You know, there's there's still a lot of podcasts left, but yeah, we are at ten minutes and we have only discussed a game that <laughs> none of us have played. There are a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts left. Uh, so uh, do you know what goes good in uh, macaroni? What? And just a nice heap and can of salt tuna. Oh, oh okay. There's just that think- delicious, delicious salt tuna from the nice. Uh, nice cannery over on Edgewater, uh, which I recently uh, liberated from the from the shitty foreman manager guy. Did you? Uh, did you? Where did you? So the so we're probably going to talk light spoilers, spoilers the first yeah. few well, hours of the game. Spoilers, yeah. You've like, probably yeah. heard the thing first that we're going to talk about, but oh, it took me far longer than ninety minutes to get there. Me uh, too. <laughs> um, but but uh, but. I mean, I, w- I would say, like story stuff. First planet only is really what we'll uh, yeah, talk that's, about. Yes, yeah. all, well, all first area and... too, because I'm back on the planet now. But mm. oh. okay, interesting. Well, like in a different spoilers, space. Allison. Jesus, <laughs> it's not that care. big of a spoiler, but okay. I don't think I care about there's, spoilers for this game. Other but... planets. No, it's like you can go to multiple places on one planet. Oh yeah, yeah. well sure. There's yeah, like global. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, uh, this is the outer worlds, uh, which you guys, uh, you and Allison and Pat, you talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. I don't think Alex, you had played it at all yet. Nope. I played it uh, shortly after we recorded. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had started it, uh, but then I like fell off immediately. Like I got to the town and then I stopped playing just cause I was like really tired uh, for like a week and was like, I can't play any game. So I restarted tonight. Uh, like, I and I stopped like, uh, and I, you know, I basically did the entire first area, um, which is the town of Edgewater and like the surrounding bits. Yeah. And I made the executive decision for myself that I would be taking like the bootlicker, uh, the bootlicker approach and siding with the board, turning in, Phineas Wells. I've not gotten to a point where I can actually do anything with that yet. I believe. Oh, you happens. will be able to soon. Yeah. Uh, it's very early. So yeah. T- well, talking, yeah, I talked to the lady and she's like, Oh, well you got to go talk to the guy on the space station or whatever. And yeah, it's a groundbreaker where you yeah. can really turn him in. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, so I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, I was a little disappointed to see, that I couldn't get Vicar Max on my side after I completed this thing. I had to like wait for him to go to the ship. And that's like, so you can't get him until after you've completed that whole area. But, um, I think it starts off a little, a little slow for me. And like, I think Pat mentioned it on the previous episode that the, uh, like first couple missions you run into, you're like, why do I, why would I want to help this guy? Like the grave digger. And uh, yeah, the, like, see, that's the thing that happened with me and Vicar Max, where I was like, oh, I don't want to help this guy like 
like destroy mm-hmm. this banned book and then you and then it like it, um, it goes and you're like oh okay the quest is good and he's good he's a good character it's so frustrating and, so, but, and, but i definitely had that moment of like oh i like i i didn't think i was going to do the quest but i was like ah i'll do it and then i'm the like oh shit i should have done it i i definitely needed to do it because uh i needed to get vicar max on my team I basically was at a point where I was like, I was doing the main quest and I had no, all I had seen were the Gravedigger side quest option mm-hmm. and the Vicar Max mm-hmm. one. And I was like, wow, I guess this game doesn't have a lot of side quests. Then I just kind of like bit the bullet and did the Gravedigger one because I figured yeah. I may as well do all the content. And then that opened up like multiple more quests to do. Well, it's not even that I think it opens up more quests. No, I think it, it just, just it, takes it you, drags to you to the people. Yes. Which it's is not very... it's weird. I don't like that. And part there's that no much. it's not like a rewarding thing to complete that quest in particular. There's no, no. like great. Uh, so I would. Yeah. Like and on it, one it, hand, it gets you to like all these new people that you can talk to and will take you off into like some slightly interesting directions. But that quest overall, I didn't feel great about doing it. The other like the the I really enjoy the robot quest. The guy who was mm-hmm. like. But ultimately, like all it's doing is directing you to a place you're going to go anyway. And it just gives you a little bit of richer context for what you're doing there. But it's not like it's like a it it almost is like a uh, like it's just a fetch quest that you're doing Mm -hmm. while you're in this space. So I don't know. I haven't the side side quests have not been particularly the side quests on Terra 2, in my opinion. Okay. Are not particularly uh, exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well so written, I, but. I chose my character to be dumb, uh, so I put my intelligence or whatever all the way down, which unlocks like a whole new like dialogue option set. And so, like a few of the things uh, on that robot side quest, um, when you're talking to the guy who gives it to you. One of your options, like he's talking about, like oh, the auto mechanicals are coming and they're going to destroy us all. And the dumb response to that is like, well, fuck me. And the res- the guy responds like, yeah, well, they'll try. And Whoa. Like, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And okay. Uh, so then like you go, he's like, oh, go behind to like the junkyard and find the robot. And yeah. Like, which oh. I found way earlier just okay, by accident. Yeah. yeah so like, I do that. And then like. Parvati is like, oh, well, I think I can like do something to help out. Or, and I'm like, nah, I'm dumb. And I just like slap it and that like fixes it. Okay. It's just like, yeah. So you just like, you know, bumble your way through a bunch I, of stupid stuff. I know a lot of people dig it, but I kind of, I feel like I don't have like super high speech skills, but mm-hmm. they're up around 40 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just have never run into a problem that I couldn't just say like, Perception 35. Yeah. Perception uh, 15. Like I can steal anything I want. My yeah. stealth device thing is just like, oh, yep. Perception. Yeah. I mm-hmm. accidentally I stole something and then I got the first thing where I was like, Hey, and I'm like, I'm just leaving. <laughs> oh, no, like, cool, yeah, cool, I didn't cool, do anything. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? And I can just do lie 15, nothing. And they go, okay, walk yeah, away. I, but your I, reputation I, I still goes down. Yeah. I think there's something to that though, where like, I mean, you know, like, like it, like because the, well, the guy like, you know, the the stealing and the guy's like, hey, what are you doing over there? And you're like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. He's like uh, with the guy. The, so the one time that someone caught me and I was like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. They're like, oh, well, I've reached my quota for today anyway. It's just like they, they don't really care. 
I think the difference though was when I was literally in someone's home oh, oh, and yeah. in front of them True. I picked yeah. up an item and they were like, it's, What it's, are you doing? It's a silly. like nothing. Uh but then yeah. you have to kill everybody, it, it, so you know. I think that thing is kind of borne out to the reason that like if you take that to its end point, that's part of why I'm not connecting with the game as much as a lot of folks, is because it feels like nothing really matters that much at this point. Like it doesn't everything feels super contrived to me um, from a story perspective. And um, I I just don't feel like there's any consequence to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. I mean, that one big choice at the end of the Edgewater quest line, of course, feels consequential, but it also, I was like, wow, you've really aligned the scales this way to make it seem like to make this whole thing very clean. There's two very clean sides to this quest but then there, there are more than two outcomes to that well afterwards the quest gets a little more interesting yeah i still it is more interesting but i still don't know that i think it's like amazing i think um, for like a broader audience i think that moment is very is probably better but probably um but i like think what, it's kind of the same issue i have with like uh, Infinity War, where I'm like, I know there's more coming, so like I can't enjoy it. So like, maybe I'm th- I'm thinking about things on like a different level than well, <laughs> like the mass market or whatever. And, I guess, and not I that know. not that I think it's a bad game by any stretch. Yeah, I like yeah. it's it's very well made, but it's making me think I really should play Disco Elysium because <laughs> every mm-hmm. thing, every time like when I hear people talking about this game in a sort of like, wow, I wish there was more to this, and I wish it was a little more. Like the the that there was mm-hmm. more meat to the interactions that you're having. I hear people say like, "Well, it doesn't help that Disco Elysium just came out, which is like the perfect role playing game from a like dialogue and choices perspective." Mm-hmm. And it's kind of making me think that maybe that's the one for me. But uh, I don't know. It the shooting is fun. Um, I did a long stretch where I didn't do any of it, and it felt like, and then like. I did a part where this is a little past the terror two, so I don't want to speak too mm-hmm. specifically about it, but like I did a long stretch of no shooting followed by what was an extremely contrived, like, Oh, there's enemies here for no reason other than we want you to we want to put some shooting in because you haven't shot anything for a while. And then back to like long stretch of no shooting and the long stretches of no shooting were more interesting than the shooting parts, but mm-hmm. I like playing the shooting parts more than I like playing the, like mm-hmm. talking to people parts. I don't know. I'm having a weird kind of feelings about that game. I think it's a very high quality product, but I think ultimately like it starts, it kind of feels like a product in a way that's not, it's that's one the of those commentary, man. <laughs> yeah. It's too meta. You're going to, you know what? I bet at some point you get to a factory where they're actually making the outer worlds in the game. They're printing the discs. <laughs> That would be that would be clever. I, I will say I think the visual design is really cool. Um, oh, the second man. place you go to like, after Terra Two is like kind of whatever. Although the town itself looks really neat, um, oh, but then I the second the place box. you go to, uh, it's pretty. But I don't know. I've played a lot of uh, No Man's Sky, and mm-hmm. I yeah. like literally had the thought as I was walking around like. No Man's Sky has prettier skies. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, that's also because they're volumetric clouds that you can fly through that lead mm. to space that <laughs> is a physical place. So, yeah, sure. Um, but uh, but but the the Groundbreaker, which is the second area you go to, is very cool visual design on the inside. I, I, I dig it. 
And that's where I'm going to next. I, I guess I should probably get there someday. <laughs> it looks I, neat. I think it's worth seeing like the start of that area. It, uh, it is very cool when you first kind of step into that area. You're like, this is a, this is a cool game. And I hear, I don't, again, I don't want to talk too specifically about locations, but I hear the one of the next places you briefly go after that is very cool, too. So I am going to do that this weekend and play that part because I don't know. It's it's fun. It's a fun game to play, I guess. It's not like I have like I think it's bad I, to play. I like hitting the button that makes Par- Parvati hit people with her hammer. Uh, that's real fun and pretty goofy. Like if you do it to like one of the the primals or whatever they're called, like the big one, it just like goes limp and like they get stunned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like if you hit them and they're not expecting it, they'll just kind of like ragdoll and fly off somewhere. Which I've been confused <laughs> by. Funny. I'm like, wait, where'd you go? Uh, so yeah, uh, Parvati's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to getting out there with Vicar Max as well. And I think a big part of my struggle with it is like mechanically, um, it's I don't think anything about the progression from a loot perspective oh, yeah. or a character development perspective is interesting at all. Yep. So it's hard. It, that's the thing that's it's. Like, there's nothing I want to strive for. I don't see any perks down the tree where I'm like, oh, I can't yeah. wait till I get that. So whereas like Borderlands on the flip side, Borderlands three, as soon as I opened my skill tree, I was like, wow, that sounds like a cool thing. I got to keep playing so I can get my all my skill points so I can mm-hmm. get that thing down there at the bottom of the tree. Um, and like and even Fallout like does totally stuff, there's like, like special skills that are like and- oh, weird. Whereas this game, I don't care that the level goes up. It, yeah, it's I just mean, like oh, more health, or yeah, you can run I'm faster. Have more health. Yeah, I think like that's... the guns are pretty looking, but there's so few of them that mm-hmm. I just I have the four I like, and I'm probably never going to switch weapons again. Put some mods on them. <laughs> I, I think yeah, what you're describing is kind of like a high level way of why I'm not enjoying my time with it. Is that yeah. the entire game just feels like mechanics? Like I yes, like the visuals are nice and everything, but like for what it's worth to me like it, it's the same problem i have with every fallout i've played like fallout 3 fallout new vegas uh, i never played fallout 4 but um it's that you could replace any of the interactions with face-to-face humans with a terminal and it wouldn't be that much different are you gonna love death stranding uh, i don't know that i agree with that <laughs> i assessment. would disagree with that like, yeah uh, like when it when it's just doing the zoom on the face and they're like having very simple emotional reactions and it's like you're kind of going through a tree of dialogue options kind of and like, well, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's not I really feel kind like of, had some it's really literally a dialogue character, tree <laughs> character yeah. interactions with like, I mean, I mean, not all the characters are as uh, well written or like not as, um, like have this much depth as all others, but that's, that's kind of to be expected. But I feel like I've had, I've had good character uh, uh, conversations yeah, where like, things have happened. The character interactions are the only thing that has me interested, frankly. Um, at this point, uh, other than like casually enjoying the shooting when it happens. Uh, but I, I wouldn't put that on the, on the character development, I guess. Um, I'm not, like the, I'm the not writing. even so much saying that I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying it's like, Oh, that's the one thing. It's just so much of yeah, it yeah. just feels like mechanics. Like, uh, when you start, like we were talking about it, the perception lie, whatever, it's just a number check. Like it's it, yeah. as, as the programmer brain in me is just on full mode. It's like, Oh, I see exactly what they're doing. And that's not very interesting. Like, it's, yeah, I will say that that speech skills in this game are not particularly interesting to me at all. Um, it also doesn't seem like you need to like 
max that stat to do anything so far? Like, I feel like I've gotten pretty much every perception from, option. From, from what I've understand, uh, from what I understand, apparently, uh, I don't know when this kicks in. Some of the speech stats do actually um, influence combat later on in like uh, more okay. of a passive way. So there is a um, kind of combat justification for. Like, for example, if you get to be really intimidating, some enemies might choose to run away from you rather than. Yeah, you uh, can kind of see that in, like, on. the level yeah. up tree. Like, uh, if you've got, like, certain things, like, auto auto mechanical enemies will, like, attack each other, possibly, instead mm-hmm. of you for, like, a certain time randomly and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's, like, the perk stuff is, like, yeah, that upgrade stuff is not great. But, yeah, I... I... <laughs> Pat has told me I should make it to the the next area, and I think I might try, but I'm probably not going to go much further than that. It, it doesn't take a super long time. I know. No, yeah, like, and that I feel area like it really does pretty open pretty up in I, a nice way. I've been, I've think- been, but the thing is, for me, like I've been trying to do side stuff, and I haven't liked any of it. Uh, but for me, like the Fallout has the same problem. I've put in ten to fifteen hours in both of the games I mentioned, and. Like they were both the same issue where it's a, a mile wide. There's so much you can do, but it's an inch deep. Like it's just, it does nothing for me. So it's not worth well, it. Well, this is like, uh, like 300 meters wide and about an inch deep. So, you know, yeah. there's this little more limited scope. Yeah. I think the thing about fallout that I like more than this game is that, um, there is mystery, I feel like, there of you look out at a landscape and go, and this is especially true of Fallout 4, and one of the things that I like about Fallout 4, even though um, I know it's not people's favorite Fallout, but you can stand at the top of a tower, look out, and go like, oh, that looks like an interesting place over there. I want to go check that out. And oh, that looks like there's like machinery over there. I should go look at what that is. And I think that that is missing from the outer world so far because like, and maybe it gets better in on like Monarch and some of the other larger areas, but on Terra two, it was like standing on top of a hill and I go, well, there's a town over there. That looks cool. And then there's buildings everywhere and it's all very samey. It's all like very much like town buildings. Um, and uh, I, that, feel, I kind of feel that way about fallout at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like Fallout 4 had a lot more variety in like, oh, there's like that's where you can see the baseball diamond over there. And you yeah, can see this. Yeah, it's it's like, it's bigger and like there's kind of more environmental design going on. But I feel like by the time I get somewhere, I'm like, oh, yep, it's kind of it's a bombed out interior. OK, I've seen I've yeah. seen this before. Uh, yeah. And like I think doing like the alien world thing is kind of going to pull me through at least a little bit more. Uh, if not I guess more, I, if I get really hooked. In three hours with uh, the Outer Worlds, I've seen two types of three types of enemies. So, yeah, like, <laughs> but, like, I, but I feel like hmm. it, it, it does really open up. Like I, and that's not necessarily a justification because I feel like Edgewater is like like I definitely had that same feeling of like wow, this is all kind of really samey. But I feel like once you start kind of getting to different areas, it, it does start Maybe. opening up. Like, I wouldn't say that Groundbreaker is where it opens up. Um, but it, it, that that's, that definitely does feel like kind of a pit stop on the way to other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it seems like that's the spot where and you're supposed to get like, okay, now here's where you can like kind of forge your own path. 
path or whatever. Except that I got a thing to go to another small little area that feels like a pit stop. Oh, uh, weird. To, okay. to go do well, more little stuff before I can go do the, the big open area. But you, so. but there's like multiple ways we'll that you can get, you can do it though. Like there's one point where you need to go to a place to do things so that you can go to another place or you could just pay money if you can like, that's true. You could, that's true. And, and see, um, that sounds so unappealing to me because <laughs> again, I'm just looking at the, the programming behind it. I'm like, Oh, okay. They're just unlocking this gate. Uh, we, so yeah, I definitely <laughs> think if you're not interested in the dialogue, there's probably not much of a, a reason for you to continue. Oh, yeah, because I, I don't, don't think I, that I it's going to become, I don't think it's, if it's you're literally skipping like, through the dialogue, don't even worry about getting a groundbreaker uninstall that game. All right. Like the big, the thing that's driving me through is that the uh, character side quests are really good. The characters, I think, are all really great. I'm, I actively, I have uh, four of the companions now, and I actively love them. Uh, And I think that there is definitely um, a lot of smaller stories so far that have been really compelling. Um, It's not necessarily the most mechanically interesting game, or like the most interesting game in terms of exploring, but I feel like it's really it really shines with the th- with the characters. I like the, the Max and Parvati a lot, the people you pick up in on um, Terra 2. Um again like my, I guess this is this is a minor spoiler for groundbreaker stuff, so if you don't want to hear anything past Terra 2, come back in 2 minutes, but the the other two characters you get on groundbreaker it was like um hi, hello. Can I join your crew? Sure. And then we talked once we got back on the ship and they're like, "I love being on your crew." Okay, but like like, with with Felix, though, how he joins your crew is pretty great. I don't know. He got in a fight with someone, then was like, "No, no, no, no." But like he, okay, did you get to the? Did you just immediately say, "Sure, you're part of my crew"? I mean, when he was standing outside of my ship. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I this is this is minorly spoilery, but like I was just like, so I chose the option of like, okay, why should you join my crew? And he goes into like a whole written speech that he created. And it was That's very funny. cute and very it funny. Would, that and, would, that sounds like something that, that he should read to you regardless of what dialogue option you choose. But, because, but I, mean, I, I feel like that's part of like the thing is that like, I feel like the dialogue options do have like some level of weight, but it's more of like the uh, narrative versus uh, actually necessarily mechanics. I don't know. Yeah. I guess once I had him on my crew, Cause I just was like, okay, sure. You're hired, whatever. And, uh, then we're on the ship and like, I talked to him and he was like, love being a space man. Love being on your crew. It wasn't like when Max joined and we were on the ship, we had this long conversation about the plan and what philosophists are. And it was interesting. Whereas Felix was like, love space, love space, hate authority. That's me. I'm Felix. And then, uh, Ellie was like, I'm a space pirate. That's me. And I don't know. I, I just also relate. I wish that there was more. I felt. I feel like that I was very rushed. Well, I feel. I, I mean, I feel like there's just a like, and that's an element of like the the dialogue choices because I feel like I definitely saw a lot more from those characters. Maybe I'm terrible at dialogue, and that's why the game's not for me. <laughs> Maybe I'm not good at sussing out the interesting options. I just feel like if there's an interesting option, and you give me four of them, and one of them is nah, fuck you. I'm not going to click anything other than join the crew because I don't want to miss the character. <laughs> so right, I was worried if like I clicked there's on more options than, hey, join the crew or fuck you. There's like, what, why, why do you want to do this? Like, what's, what are your, what's, what are your options? And you choose those. 
Yeah. And I, maybe I'm just bad at that. And that might be an example of why a lot of people are having a lot more fun with it than I am. I super love playing like a lot of genres of games people hate. And I could say, well, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you might be like it more. And it's probably true, but um, I think it's frustrating that uh, there is um, I, I sometimes some of that stuff, like I would say from like the small stories perspective, a lot, not much on Edgewater was really that not, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Edgewater too, but groundbreaker was really that interesting to me from like, there's, there's a guy who's like selling stuff he has on this dumb hat, this, like this, this, this mascot hat hat. And you can break into his storeroom and there's one of those hats in there. And I was like, Oh, this is funny. I'm going to put the hat on and then I'm going to talk to him. It'll be hilarious. Cause he's going to be like, where did you get that hat? You talk to him. He doesn't care. You now have the same mascot hat that he has on. He doesn't even like respond. He doesn't even acknowledge that you found another like, hat. My character it's, background is the mascot. I should probably get that hat. <laughs> it's a good I mean, hat. It's very funny. Things, like if you like on Edgewater, if you immediately put on like uh, Marauder uh, armor, they they're kind of like maybe don't wear that. Yeah, and that stuff is interesting. I just. I don't know. I wish that there was more consistent, yeah. like the, the I did something weird and now it's when it's reflected. something that specific in like a curated kind of experience like that. It seems like they should be able to, or it seems like they would do something like that. I can see where Pat would be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this funny thing and it's going to have a nice reaction. And then to not have anything like that would be a bummer. It stabs at like immersive simi elements sometimes in a way that I find really appealing, but then like, it doesn't quite like split the uprights on it. And it, it's, it's a little bit that that's been a little bit frustrating to me, but I'm also going to keep playing it. Cause like I said, there's nothing, it's a very well-made game and there's nothing about it that um, is like off putting for me other than sort of a general, like I'm still not sure that I care that much, I guess um, yeah. about any, I mean, I do care about Max and Parvati. That's the thing. So I do want to see their storylines, through because I like both of them quite a bit. Um, and, uh, they have fun companion stuff. Uh, like, like their, their quests are really fun. Um, although in Parvati's case, I kind of feel bad cause I want to finish her. I won't spoil anything about it, but I want to finish her companion quest and then be like, all right, goodbye. Enjoy your life. <laughs> you've, I, you, you've, you've, you've I found you. the thing you were looking for. Please go on, get, get off my ship. Exactly. Get anymore. off my ship. You're, you're great. And you deserve to be happy somewhere. Not right. flying around with me. Well, uh, that is it for the outer worlds. Probably for a while. We'll come back to it maybe, or, or maybe not before game of the year. We'll see. Uh, but now, moving on to a much more mechanically dense game uh alex please tell us about Siconia when they cry because i know that just the uh the mechanics of the outer worlds weren't doing it for you so i think how deep is Siconia when they cry from a mechanical perspective how wide how wide is it so what you can do in Siconia is you have how many terminals are there there's two whole separate ways that you can play that game you can no actually three there's three you can left click you can hit space bar or you can hit right arrow how many nuts are there um there's like 15 dudes so probably like 30 
okay, we can't play this that game this month. That's that's twenty nine too many. <laughs> twenty nine too many nuts. Wait, indeed. please wait till December to play Sekonia when they cry. Yeah. I'm playing Sekonia, but I'm just skipping the dialogue. Yeah. When does it get interesting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, man. please tell us about Sekonia. <laughs> no, I do want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I finished it. As like I've been talking about it for months in terms of like uh, anticipating this game from a series I really like. And then it came out. And then I, it's, yeah, for me, like if I'm doing a visual novel or something very, very st- story focused, I just purely want to be focusing on that. Same if I'm reading a book. I'm not the kind of person who reads like three different books at the same time. Uh, Crazy people. Yeah. I I prefer just going through one at a time. So like all of the lore is staying in mind. All of the like contiguous kind of stuff is staying in mind, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like I finally found a handful of hours to which I could play uh, Sekonia. And yeah, it's been one week since you looked at me no it's it's been uh, your arms under the air and said i'm crazy <laughs> um i'm not going to start quoting veronica ladies for the rest of the episode but i really want to um, i mean i would be okay with that i really like it i get into a say the moon has got the boom and me babes that make me think the wrong thing <laughs> i really hope you have that memory we all know all the words to one week yeah, okay. uh, we probably could do it if but then we'd get another copyright strike yeah <laughs> We haven't had one in a while, to be fair. Anyways, I saw some. So, Sekonia is part of the When They Cry series. I've talked about this stuff before, so I'll zoom through it. But When They Cry is comprised of Higurashi and Umineko. Uh, And if you look at the history of those games, it's really interesting. um, Because, like, Higurashi was made by two dudes, uh, like, in the early 2000s, way before this stuff was popular. And they would. Is that the one that isn't finished yet? Uh, it's finished, but the chapters are still going up on Steam because they're still it's, getting. It's okay. finished in Japan. It's yeah, like it's, long, it's long been finished in uh, Japan, but yeah, the in translations terms of translation. Okay, yeah, okay. The official which translations. Is, which is me being like, I want to play it, but yeah, it's okay. like eight chapters, and I think chapter seven just came out on Steam last year, so uh, it'll soon be finished on Steam. But uh, Umineko is complete on Steam because they released it in two parts rather than each individual chapter. Uh, anyways, like, yeah, if you go to the actual history of this series, it's super interesting because it has those humble beginnings. It's just these two dudes and like one is a programmer, one, well, it might have actually just been the one dude for most of it, but like, I think it, it was the one dude. For yeah. A while, yeah. I think you're right. Sorry. I might've had that wrong, but regardless, like he's doing everything. Like he's doing all the art, which is terrible. Which is, uh, <laughs> which like, is real bad. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't want to be an asshole, but it's, no, oh. it's like, I feel like everybody like acknowledges. Yeah. The, the art, the original art is, is ass it, it's known okay. they're all the characters are known as ham hands because their hands are literally just <laughs> like blocks of meat with like thumbs wasn't wasn't, wasn't that the uh my spoon is too big <laughs> that's salad fingers that, that, yeah no that wasn't <laughs> but but yeah like uh, so ham hands ham and salad fingers very funny yeah so like the art style was very bad and like if you go to the newer higurashi stuff like you can toggle between a redone is art that, style, which is, is that where the the frozen guy came from, like Olaf. No, no, that fro- you were playing that frozen game, and that guy had his his thumbs. Oh right, like yeah, his hand. totally, yeah. I that was like polygonal ham hands. But um, anyways, like long story short, those games got successful because he kept going to whatever the giant Comic Con is in Japan. I forget, like uh, uh, Comic Cat. 
Yeah, Kamiket. He would go there and like sell the CDs, like just in person, and that's how the, he distributed the game at first. And then it got it got kind of became a cult classic, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then turned into animes and mangas and stuff like that. Anyways, so this is the third entry in that series, and if you really want to play it, you don't have to really have any knowledge of any of the previous because there are references to them uh, that are kind of subtle but nothing that requires foreknowledge like it doesn't really influence the story uh like you'll see some stuff like i i sent to allison hey allison look at which character this is and like allison's reaction of what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's like what, wait what this character's there but like but like the, I, I mean like if you don't know who that character is, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Like for people who know it, it's like, Oh, this character has had dozens of hours of deep lore in a previous game. So I get it. But like, yeah. Anyways, to the game itself, uh, it was really interesting. I think it was good, but I had some problems with it. Mainly that I think because this is the first part and it looks like the next part is going to be coming in may of next year uh this largely felt like a bunch of exposition like it felt like nothing really truly uh groundbreaking or story shaking happened until the last hour or two of like the Mm. 16-ish hour experience and i would say between hours 9 and 13 were kind of a slog like it actually felt like reading like you were just reading a history textbook in a, in a class like that you weren't really caring about because it's like setting up all this stuff and it's just like, it, it, it's fine, but it's not particularly exceptional. Uh, and they just, oh, I think I mentioned it last week when we were talking about it briefly, they beat this one metaphor so far into the ground that it, I think it's starting to become a meme within the community where they make this analogy really pretty early on. It's like, Oh, uh, we uphold the walls of peace. Like we are the ones like all these countries work together and they all do their part to hold up the walls of peace. And then the words walls of peace must get said like a couple hundred times. (laughs) Like they never change the analogy. They never do anything with it. But for like five or six hours straight, the words walls of peace come up like every minute at least. And it's hope and despair. Yeah. It, it is very much like that. Like the ending of Danganronpa V3, like the, the one bad part about that ending. <laughs> any, any of those games is just hope and despair. Yeah. They really beat you over the head with it. And that's a little bit frustrating, but I will say that the last hour of that game and the last scene is something that we'll be talking about in a month because Holy shit, is it extremely well done? And it's maybe one of the best written things I've seen in many years. <laughs> like it's just the scenario that happens is fascinating and it's extremely well executed. So like if the next part comes out and it's more like that, like the whole way through, cause the exposition exposition is done. I'm like, that's going to be my, definitely my most anticipated thing of next year. Okay. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So overall I think it's good. I don't know if any of you guys would like it cause zero interaction other than reading it's you're just reading a novel um but the, i cannot read oh so. well shit yeah you're out of luck because there's no I voice acting cannot i cannot novel <laughs> well it is pretty novel but um yeah i don't know like i like it i think it's really good i think allison you might like it but i think it's more because i like the series that it's from i'm assuming right yeah or- and the writing is really good like in 
in general. It's just that there's just like three or four hours that are in the middle there that are just kind of like, oh my god, this is dragging on. <laughs> yeah, and 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 to be fair, like I haven't I haven't uh, done anything with Umineko, but Higurashi is is genuinely I feel like really well written and interesting. Yeah. So I, I I'm definitely interested in yeah what? getting Sukonia and actually playing getting and playing Higurashi when they finally finish releasing. Totally, that. which will be that'll be like a hundred hours when it's all said and done. But yeah. it's still worth it. Um, one thing I will mention is once you finish the game, you unlock these. Uh, they, I don't remember what they call them, archives or something. In Umineko, they were called tea parties, and you can kind of see it as the same way as the Fire Emblem tea party if you want. It's kind of side interactions. Uh, and it's just these bunch of short stories that are like slice of lifey comedy e kind of things in the universe with all the characters. Uh, and they're like exceptionally weird and really fantastic and really funny sometimes. Uh, like there's one, I sent some screenshots to the group chat of like, uh, like all these students have basically smartphones in their brain and their brain is also the processor. So like these kids are trained to be like, uh, do multiple things at the same time from a very young age, parallel processing, like with CPUs, it's pretty cool. Uh, but they're able to like have chats in their head while also paying attention to taking notes and stuff. So they're in this chat room looking at their instructor who they all hate and doing like photoshops in real time of him. And like, it's, it just gets so strange. <laughs> like they make a, basically an idle clicker out of him. And stuff like that out of his face and you're clicking and like doing billions of his face and stuff like that like it's really funny oh no yeah it's okay okay it's it's really strange but it's really good anyways yeah no that that is some that added context is uh quite something on that because yeah you sent those screenshots and just like Oh, oh, that that is a that is a man's head on a bikini lady's body. Yep. Okay, what's going on? <laughs> but yeah. then, okay, they're making clickers out of his face. Okay, what? Yeah, there's another one where they're like, um, okay, everybody, we're gonna make a, we're gonna each individually make a VR like recreation of what we think about uh, energy bars or like you know granola bars, and so it's like a. 15 minute scene about all these kids that like use stolen assets from like asset stores to be like, um, Oh, I like granola bars. And like, some of them are really just dumb and some of them are really funny. And then the last one is like the most chipper characters. And it's like this dark, gritty, depressing take on like the end of the world. And you're like, uh, it's like a zombie apocalypse. And like, there's all these hands reaching out to you and you're like, Oh, this is the last food I have in the world. This is the energy bar. That's going to like, you know, like this is my last meal kind of thing until you've got those ham hands coming yeah and, and she holds it with some of those off giant ham hands yeah it, it's it's full it's full of personality and it's really good when it's at its best but yeah like it the the draggy parts really are kind of a letdown Sigonia. all right <laughs> uh well uh I, I i don't have i don't have a segue for this one spirit of the north <laughs> i was gonna say like well speaking of dragging your spirits down but no that i don't know this could be a good game this could be a, a an uplifting game it could it could drag your spirits up north so i don't know the the funny thing is like everybody's been having these debates of like oh man i'm having trouble keeping our games art Oh, uh, well, our games are, that's, that's, that's been a debate for like forever, you know, since the dawn of time, basically. Yeah. Like 
people were like, oh, it's the so, first stick and ball game. Yep. They were like, Citizen fans. Kane, is that is that going to become games? Is that a game? Yep. Is that a game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I honestly would like to see someone try to make Citizen Kane a game. Yeah. That'd be very funny. Uh, I would it's love Luigi's Mansion the, 3. Yeah. It's The Sims, right? Like, you could do Citizen <laughs> Kane in The Sims, kind of. No, it's yeah, actually but, just like a racing game where you're racing on sleds. Yeah. And oh, then, okay. And then at it, the end... That's, yeah, at the end, it like focuses on the sled and it just snows. Um, so it's, it's that game with the Yeti that chases you while you ski down a mountain. Ski free? Okay. Yeah. Ski free is very good. <laughs> uh, or is that just a Mario Party minigame? Uh, Citizen Kane is the ski free of movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hell ultimately, yeah. you know, a pretty thing or a thing that's not very pretty, but is mechanically enjoyable but ultimately kind of meaningless yeah okay <laughs> okay but like okay 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 i get to Look, hit, i uh, know you still owe me an essay allison and until that day not I very pretty dunk on it's citizen fucking kane. it's fucking citizen kane it's beautiful it looks great what the fuck yeah, it's, it's black and white it's but like some what of is the that shots like, are like amazing. 120p like come on look at, them, like, look at some of those shots it's a deep focus oh my god this oh, is like well, but and, killing no, my it, film it, student it, right brain. the fucking essay I, it, we've been over this it has orson, I hate that it has orson welles <laughs> How, how many, how many, how many frames per, what is that 24 frames per second get out of here yeah come on oh my god 120 please how many 120 or nothing yep uh i mean I G- saw, give me I a saw, variable frame so, rate just in case or eliminate any tearing. does that mean me seeing gemini man in 60 frames is a that much more of a better movie that's the console version of playing like <laughs> doom 2020 of doom eternal I, I have to i have to this is this is like i've I wish that I was friends with this person. This would be very brief. I have to share this quickly because it's kind of relevant. Uh, So I was at a show last night and there there was a Q and a bit kind of involved and people were putting questions into boxes. Okay. um, The lead singer pulled a question out of the box and he was like, Oh, this is a good one. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? And like a few of us cheered and he's like, who knows what this is from? And it was like me and the guy next to me and like a one other person that cheered. That's pre- presumably the one other person is the one who wrote the question. I don't, I don't know what that, that's from, but I love the, the it's from the witch. It's from the witch. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, I need to see and it. And the guy next to me it's very was good like, movie. it's phenomenal. The guy next to me was like, um, we, I was like, I think we're the only people who, who've seen that movie here. And he laughed and, and he was like, have you seen Midsummer? And I was like, no, I never got around to it. I really need to. And he was like, yeah, me too. And <laughs> I, was like, I was like, why did you bring it up if you haven't seen it? Also, it's a different director. But, but it was also a very enjoyable interaction. It was super fun. Well, maybe you'll, maybe you'll see him tonight and you can exchange I hope so. Numbers. I told him I'd buy him here. I love the idea of like, uh, have you seen Midsummer? No, me neither. <laughs> yeah. That is like a that is such a good that, interaction. That yeah. is, it was like really perfect, funny. perfect human interaction, right? He there. was very interested in top my score. Uh, all right, Alex, Spirit of the North. Yeah, swinging back to what we were saying. Um, Sorry, <laughs> no, it's fine. People have that outer worlds, outer wilds confusion. Sometimes I'm getting when I'm writing, I'm having the Spirit of the North, Spirit, uh, <laughs> uh, Spirit of the Forest. Spirit of the Woods, rather, uh, like getting stuck in my head because, like, I'm sure everyone's going through that same struggle of that game. Yeah, (laughs) that's a very specific to you thing. Yeah, well, it's because Spirit of the Woods, Spirit of the Forest comes up a lot in that game. 
Anyways, yeah, gotcha. like I know, okay. like it's my version of that, <laughs> even sure. though it's not going to be anyone else's. Uh, but yeah, no, I played and finished that game yesterday. Uh, review will be on the site by the time you hear this. Um, Ooh. Ooh, this is a game that like I saw it show up on like one of those PlayStation. What are they called? Not the PlayStation Direct. The PlayStation. Uh, God, I don't even remember. Uh, the, the state of state of play, state play. play. State state play. play. Yeah, I one, stared blankly at the wall until I can remember what that was called. Yes. which is you'd get the exact same experience if you watched a state of play, basically, or if you stared blankly at a wall. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it showed up like for like fifteen seconds during one of those, and I'm like, fuck yeah, you play as a fox, and it's an adventure game. That sounds all right, or like a third person adventure game, I should say. Uh, and that's exactly what it is. It kind of, uh, well. Kind of. <laughs> um, you play as a fox, but you also play as a spirit. You, hence the spirit of the north, where um, you're kind of switching between being a, just a normal ass red fox and being like a spirit fox, which can like you know, since it's kind of ethereal and a ghost, it can do stuff like walk over water easily or like walk through uh, like brambles and stuff like that. So you're not just like something that the fox will be blocked by. Like he can just, the spirit can just kind of walk over, you know? So, uh, the actual minute to minute gameplay of that game is very, 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 very much journey. Like there's no mistaking it, especially in the first like half an hour to an hour of that game. It basically feels like they're trying to make journey. And I will say, uh, that really soured me on the first hour of the game. (laughs) Because it was impossible not to make those comparisons. Like, you're like, okay, you're just trying to make Journey, so I'm going to be comparing this to Journey. And, like, every time those comparisons came up, like, my feelings on the game were like, this is not very good. Like, I see what they're going for, but this feels like a student project trying to make Journey. Because, like, Journey is a technical masterpiece. Like, it's that game company, they made Flow, which was very simple. Then they made Flower, which was a little bit less simple but like mechanically simple, but like visually amazing. And then they finished it off by making journey, which was like mechanically fantastic and also visually fantastic. Like they mastered that hardware. They made something super special. And this felt like the journey part of this game. The very first hour felt like them trying to recreate that without all of that, like technical proficiency and like work that got there. It's like, they're kind of making their best approximation. It's like a student film, I guess like someone who watched citizen Kane and then was just like, all right, I'm going to pull up my, my handy cam and make citizen Kane, you know? So that first hour was pretty disappointing and, uh, I was pretty not into it. Uh, but at some point there's a change and they break away from the journeyness and they actually start really pulling into their own thing. And like, uh, like it becomes a puzzle game with actually really interesting concepts and really interesting mechanics that are going on. And once once it finds its own voice, it actually becomes a really good game. Uh, I still think there's some issues with it. Like there, it still has polish issues, and like sometimes when you're controlling it, like it just feels like rather than a fox, you're controlling a bus or something. Like it just doesn't feel good. <laughs> but overall, like what it's going for is really good. And uh, by the end of my time with it, I actually super enjoyed it. And I think the last two chapters were like extraordinarily creative and like really well executed, which blew my mind when I got to the credits and the credits are two people. Like 
it, wow. it, two people made that game. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. That kind of reframed everything for me. Like I was able to kind of go back and forgive retroactively, forgive the, the kind of crappy direct to DVD journeyness of it and be like, okay, you know what? These two dudes, uh, they did something pretty great. And like, I would have ex- with the last chapter and a half, like I would have expected that to come out of a way bigger studio with how visually pretty it was and just how large in scale it was and also how cool it was. So yeah. Uh, the only problem is it's kind of expensive in Canada. It's 35 bucks uh, in the States. I think it's 25. Uh, I don't know. I might wait for a discount on it if you were looking to play it, but I think for when it's, when it's doing like when it's doing things right, it's nailing it in a really cool way, but it's not always nailing it. Fair All enough. right. Yeah. Nailed it. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of nails, uh, you know what locations have nails? Haunted <sighs> hotels. Okay, I was probably. wondering if that's where you're going with this. Mm, okay. You can probably some yes, exposed there nails. Are, there are nails in Wakanda. What? I mean, there are nails on my hand. Like, come on. Like, what are we talking about? What? Nails in Wakanda? Because I'm going to talk about a. Oh, 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 right. <laughs> Vibranium nails, everybody. No, we're going to talk about uh, Luigi, Luigi's uh, oh, spookums. What if Luigi's Mansion took place in Habbo Hotel? What if Luigi's Mansion took place in Wakanda? What if Luigi's Mansion took place in Club Penguin? You know, those are all options <laughs> that they did not take. But what Luigi's Mansion does take is... Uh, an extended bit about the virtual boy. What? Yeah. Yep. I didn't yep. see that. That's amazing. Yep. Your oh, so doesn't he have like a virtual a boy? Game you have boy. Like a virtual boy. Oh. Yeah, he has like a Game Boy too, doesn't he? Uh, I haven't a Game Boy that. Horror. Oh, that was in the first. That, that was like bit, the very first but, game. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. Okay. But they. But okay. no, he definitely has a, a virtual boy that he uses to communicate and be a map and stuff and. uh it's it's no but it's 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 very cute so basically i I mentioned this during the pre-show but um i was thinking oh i'm not going to buy this because i'm probably i'm definitely going to be buying pokemon uh i i I, i'm still undecided about whether i'm going to get death stranding right away or not so i'm like okay i don't need uh another game to add to that especially since i'm also playing outer worlds right now but then I just kind of woke up in the middle of the night and was like, you know, I think I need to buy a Luigi's Mansion 3, which is a very <laughs> weird thought to have in the middle of the night where you're just like, you know, I think I do need this. Woke up with night sweats going, I need to get it. I need Luigi's Luigi. <laughs> 3. Uh, honestly, good, good, good decision making me because it's very cute. It's a very, very sweet game. Like, I feel like, um... It's one of those games where I'm like, I don't know if like it necessarily needs to be played. Like, like we're we're what we've been talking about game of the year coming up so soon, and there's just so many games that we need to play. I mean, obviously, Luigi's Mansion Three is not like there's a story that we're gonna get spoiled for during discussing that. However, it is is very good so far, and has been very very fun with just like a lot of charm. Um, I think I saw somebody describe it as like the most like Nintendo Nintendo game that's been released in a while. 
it's like it because it just has that kind of level of charm but it, it feels very fun to play um i actually got jump scared by it so like make with that of what you will that they actually successfully gave me a, a spook in luigi's mansion 3 um but i'm only a couple hours in it so far and i haven't gotten to guigi yet so that's so okay you were scared was it like did it feel like they were trying to scare you? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not a scary like like look. No, it's, it's a no. Nintendo game, so it's not like scary. But it's no. just like, oh, you can look through this telescope, and I'm like, okay, and then a ghost jumps out they, at you. Okay, yeah, jump scare classic. Yeah, so it was like it, it, they jump scared me, and I was like, I was like, huh, okay, well played, Nintendo. You legitimately gave me a little. A Nowhere spook. is safe. <laughs> not even Luigi's Mansion Three. But no, it's it's very cute, and um, I, it's very so. Like like we mentioned, it takes place in a hotel, which has been fun to explore so far. Um, the, I I actually haven't played the other Luigi's Mansion games yet, so, or at all. So I don't know if um, it's, it's hard to compare it to the other games. But uh, there are some pretty I, I think new mechanics, like you can. Uh, Basically, like one of the things you can do is like shoot out a plunger and then suck that plunger back up and move a lot of heavier things with that. Um, but there's like, there's just some like mild puzzles and it's just it's very, very, very charming and very fun to play. So it's it's it just feels very. It very polished, it runs well on the switch, but it also like looks very, very good, which is which is nice. So it's it's been it's been very a very nice game for me to play and not necessarily and just kind of chill out. So I'm excited to play more of it and hopefully get to Guiji soon because I, I want to make Guiji and I've seen multiple scenarios where I'm like Guiji could be good here, but I haven't found him yet. Guiji can be good anywhere. I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> but it's very specific, like. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to come back here with Guigi. Okay, and uh, I'm like, no Guigi November. Have you have you pet any dogs? No, but but your dog hangs out with you a lot of it, which is good. I haven't found the part where you pet him though, but he's very good. Walter yeah, Pop is very very good. Yeah, the video of Luigi going Poppy. Poppy. Is good. At what? Okay. At what point you bought like when I defeated a boss. He goes, yeah, Luigi. And I'm like, this is very good. This is a very good game. I mean, that's just like Mario going, it's a Mario time. Yeah, but it, like he's he's just been so like anxious this entire game. And he just goes, yeah, I did it. I'm Luigi. And you're like, I've, oh, good for you. Luigi. You are you Luigi. Like, Luigi's always anxious, though, isn't he? Like, he's, yeah, no, that's his, that's his whole thing. He, but yeah. he's especially anxious here. But here he feels like there's just like one moment of like your confidence, like, yeah, fuck yeah, Luigi did it. And I'm like, oh, this is cute. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's not much better, like, environmental music interactivity kind of thing than, uh, and I haven't played the newest one, but um, when in the original one, the way that he would go, like, and like hum the song along with the song is one of the best. There's also some very good moments musically very early in a Nintendo game where you uh, like uh, like there's one moment where you're just starting to kind of explore the hotel before 
you learn that it's a, a spooky hotel. And you, like when you walk up to different characters, there's just like the music kind of shifts differently. And it's very it's very nice. There's also um, something that I retweeted and 100 percent recommend is that when it, the game starts, you see a toad trying to drive a bus. It, but the toad is very small and it's very good. That is very good. Is is so illegal. It's it's just very. I don't know. It's it's nice to be able to play a game that just feels so like sweet and wholesome and nice, despite being a game where you're like capturing all these ghosts. Mm. But yeah. So uh, yeah, so I, I I'm definitely gonna be playing more of it. I I feel like I'm liking it more than I even expected to, which is weird because I actually bought the game. But I'm like. This is very, this is just, it just feels very, very nice. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to after we're done with the podcast, like just going straight into more Luigi's Mansion. It's probably, I I would like to play it someday. I, if it ever were to go on sale. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. It's a Nintendo game. It's never going to go on sale, which is why I'll probably never play it. There is definitely content there. I mean, like, it's not like, there's definitely a lot of content, but. Yeah, if, if you want, I, I I mostly was just like, I mostly went like, fuck it, because it was Halloween and I wanted to play it on Halloween. Yeah, no, I get it. I wouldn't. <laughs> it sounds like it's exactly what you think it is and that it's fun and there's nothing like wrong with it or anything. It, it's more just like, I don't, I don't question that it is a game that is worth the asking price. It's more like. I don't want to pay that price for that game. Yeah, I guess. No, that's fair. And uh, I, I, I just think that it's like for me, I, I, I go into it and going like wanting like very specifically the kind of Nintendo like the like kind of wholesome Nintendo experience. I'm like, this is kind of what I I need right now in my life. Sure. So yeah. So that made it worth the asking price for me. I'll definitely keep you updated because I feel like I'm still getting a lot of the new mechanics and stuff. Uh, Right now, um, and, and like I said, I haven't gotten Guiji yet, uh, and I've only I've only done a couple of the boss battles so far. So it's so it's very it's very early on in this game, but it's yeah. it's very but it's very good so far, and I and I definitely think that um, if if it's if it sounds like something that you'd like to play, then it's definitely worth it. Maybe next Halloween. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, like th- the fact that it came out on, on Halloween—that Halloween was not a good idea. Like that, it that's come like out another like, reason I didn't get it. Like if it had come out earlier in the earlier in October, it should have come I, out like I yeah. probably would have picked it up. It should have been earlier in October so that you could like play it through October. Yeah, which which I think uh, is, is totally fair. Um, you cannot play scary games in November. It's the law. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. So, oh, so that's what no November means. No scary games. Yep, that's exactly what it means. But uh, to Pat, thank- Pat, to your point, I totally get why you don't want to drop sixty dollars on this game. It is sixty, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, like, it is it's, 60, it's, so. it's 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 an expensive month between like oh, Death Stranding, yeah. like Outer Worlds, totally. just recently coming Pokemon. out, and that's why I, I was like hesitating oh. so much because I feel like it, if it was say I don't even know what other month if it was an earlier month in the year I feel like I would have like no hesitation picked it up but um since it's a busy busy month with uh just getting outer worlds and then pokemon and then death stranding and then uh 
Fallen Order. It's like, yeah, Fallen Order. It is, a, it is a busy, busy month. And uh, I'm glad it's a Nintendo game because otherwise, I mean, if this were like, oh, some, some like upstart team or whatever, it would get so buried by all these other games that you would never see a sequel yeah. to it ever. Yeah, and I spent all my money on the WWE 2K20 Collector's Edition, so. I mean, <laughs> worth the. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I really hope to make an AEW game. Oh, man, man. Can we just talk about that video? Yeah, we I, can talk I, about that for a second. I don't care about wrestling, but seeing that Kenny Omega clip was fucking amazing. Yeah. So on uh, the 30th, the Wednesday, uh, that is when AEW uh, All Elite Wrestling has their weekly TV show on TNT. And they did like some Halloween type entrances and Kenny Omega entered as he had like a little like intro video yeah, uh, really done well in the style of undertale yep. and it had like it was like really well done yeah. and they had like his friends all like animated in that style like oh you're you know your friends like left you or behind or whatever yeah and wasn't and the, then, the logo like the face that was talking to him was it not the logo from uh whatever the japanese wrestling is New Japan, New Japan maybe it yeah. might have been the lion yeah yeah uh and then like it does some like some undertale bullshit and then he comes walking out dressed as sans or is he is it sans yeah. or is it the other no, one he's sans, he's sans. and it's, sans. it's playing okay. megalovania <laughs> yeah uh and he comes to the rink the rink the rink the ring like in a mask of sans and wearing like a jacket and like pants to look like him completely it's yeah, like I, the only complaint I have is he didn't wrestle like that. Yeah, that would have been great. But like, I think I mentioned in our chat again. Like, I think that's the most prominent I've ever seen an indie game on national television. Like, possibly it's that's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, Kenny Omega probably just really likes Undertale and it's like, yo, Toby Fox, Toby. and this is why Delta Rune. Will never be finished. Yeah. Well, between <laughs> that, him doing music for Pokemon uh, and Little Town Hero, Little yeah. Town Hero, like <laughs> he, Toby it's Fox never, is, has quietly become Delta of, Rune is never coming out. Yeah, Toby Fox has quietly become. But I mean, the, the the new Pokemon song is really good, so worth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't heard that, but I I believe it. Like Toby Fox is in like Japanese like arcade games now. Like, what? Like. He- prominently advertised yeah so when erica came to japan we went to an arcade together and like japanese arcades are like 90 percent rhythm games and like 10 percent fighting games yep uh and one of the rhythm games actually multiple rhythm games were advertising like limited uh, limited time like undertale music like megalovania and like other stuff like in the game hmm. like i think taiko no tatsujin and then some other weird like Rhythm roller coaster or something. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, that was a cool Toby moment. Fox. He's big in Japan and everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and some people came out as a uh, Rick and Morty uh, at that same event. So that's less. Less. Uh, Orange Cassidy, who is actually very good. Uh, so yeah, uh, AEW seems like they're. It would just be good stuff. so great if you could watch it any other method than getting a package to watch USA. Uh, you mean like you can do the uh, the fight TV thing? Isn't it like five bucks? I don't it's not know. In the U- not in the U.S. You can't do that. Ah, uh, hmm. yeah. TV yar, sucks. Yar me. Hardies. TV sucks. Kill TV. Yar, 
the army hardies you need a cable package that's the only way to watch uh you could pay like 40 dollars a month to youtube to get like mm-hmm. youtube tv or um do like uh the hulu live tv um mm-hmm. but yeah you those are just basically cable bundles you'd need a cable bundle to watch usa and uh no and, it's not on usa it's, it's on tnt sorry tnt uh but that's the only way to watch it is mm-hmm. by tuning into tnt uh, which i don't blame them for because tv deals are out i mean they can't they yeah. can't fund their shows with a streaming pass, but I just hate, I want TV to die so bad because it's mm-hmm. stupid. Yep. Well, uh, th- speaking of things that are stupid, uh, I played <laughs> some games mm-hmm. and, uh, one of those games, is links awakening, uh, everyone, from the get-go, I thought Link looks stupid as hell in this game. I think everything else looks great. I think Link is stupid. I don't like him. He's a little nightmare creature who's not fit for human contact. Uh, his dead, beady eyes. His little weird smile. Uh, and that's really a shame because the game starts off with like this beautiful... like hand like hand drawn ish like art style that's reminiscent of like the old uh like instruction manuals for like the legend of zelda and zelda 2 and uh what's uh, linked to the past like the manual art of like him it is real nice looking but uh in this game this little weird like funko pop looking motherfucker I, i don't like him and then the game isn't very good either uh, it's like it's a remaster or like a remake of a ninety three yeah game from ninety three and so like I guess you can give it some slack but the like they didn't the they didn't make any meaningful upgrades as far as I can tell or it doesn't seem like it uh so I didn't play Link's Awakening on the game Game Boy Color Game Boy yeah, original Game, game Boy, Boy yeah. right yeah. Uh, so I don't even know how they would have done it because you would only have you have like two buttons and then the directional buttons. Right. And mm-hmm. you have like start and select. So I don't even know how you do like items on that. Like you have one item at a time and that's on B button or something. I don't know. But in Link's Awakening for the switch, you can only have two items at a time, which is down from the traditional three items that you might expect from like uh, Ocarina of Time onward and like on the console ones, at least. And there's only like 12 equipable, maybe 11, 12 equipable, equipable items in Link's Awakening. But you have to go into the menu so much to swap them out just constantly and within the same dungeon we're like oh i need to okay i need this item here and now okay now i need two different items now and like the next room uh, okay switch back to those items and it's just really tedious and too much switching in the menu one of the items uh the rocks feather i think is what it's called allows you to jump it's you get it's like one of the first items you get it should not be an item it should or it should not be like a button item or whatever you want to call it like a usable item it should just be like the pegasus boots which just go oh hit the left trigger and you'll do like the pegasus boots charge but you should just hit like a button and then link will jump that that's what it should be but they don't do that 
And that jump is really important in that game, but also doesn't let you do some things like jump up ledges. Why can't I jump up ledges? It's it's like I'm as tall as this ledge and I can jump like 10 feet in the air, but I can't go up a ledge. Why is it like this? I don't know. Uh, I don't think the dungeons are very well designed. Uh, they're like very like there's a kind of cohesion or like a circular nature to like Zelda dungeons where like you'll complete an area and then it'll pop you back out into like a central kind of area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this game doesn't do that, do that. It's a lot of just like spoking off into like unique directions and then it's just a pain to get around. Uh, is, this would have been is there no fast travel uh within the dungeon you'll unlock a um you'll unlock like a midway through like a portal right and if you're not an idiot like me and you happen to go left instead of right at one like after a certain dungeon you'll maybe you'll learn a song if you manage to find the ocarina which i also hadn't done by that point anyway so it wouldn't have mattered uh you can get a song that'll let you transport around the dungeon um normally like or like you can transport to the beginning of the dungeon from anywhere but i didn't have that for like the entirety of the game because it just didn't kind of point me in the direction of the ocarina at all ever uh or in the direction of that song which you don't really need it just lets you teleport um anywhere you are instead of having to find like a fast travel location but i don't know i just did not care for anything that game was putting down it's mm, it was really frustrating it's my least favorite zelda that's unfortunate by far like yeah it like the item switching thing seems like something they figured out with that ocarina remake for 3ds because like well i mean there's like the extra screen there and that's true like but i guess they had the map on the bottom but like and that's still you have three buttons that you're using for uh i'm pretty sure it was on three buttons it's been a while i i don't know you know i played that i'm pretty sure i played the ocarina one and i played the majora's mask one and like those were really great and literally it's just give me one more item to have equipped or something like that's all i want i mean and like they don't use the d-pad at all if you just put it on the d-pad that'd be great do, do they use the triggers but, at all yeah they but they and they dedicate both triggers like so right trigger right bumper are shield left trigger left bumper are the pegasus boots so they could just limit like you know they'd be like okay right trigger is uh like the shield right bumper is jump or something like that yeah or like an item and then the left bumper is another item. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it seems like it's a faithful recreation, but maybe to a fault. Yeah. I think that's probably accurate. Like I, I, I definitely liked it a lot more than Andre did, but um, it, it, I think that they definitely aimed for accuracy for better and worse. Yeah. And then there's like this trading game that you have to do. It's, it's just, and like they, but they don't like, you know, they don't have to hold your hand so much, but it's like, it's a basically a game long. Oh, well, if you give this person this thing and then they'll give you another thing that you give to this person. And it's just, it goes for literally the entire game. And yeah, people move around. You're like, wait, where did this person go? I used to guide a lot. Cause I was like, I just don't want to put up with this anymore. Yeah. Were you saying that like, um, it doesn't really provide you any meaningful direction for where to go next within the game? Like you can call, 
like in the dungeons, it got really complicated. You can there's like phone booths and you can call like the mayor of the town and he'll give you hints. But sometimes he'll be he'll give you a hint, but it'll be missing like half of what you need to do. It'll be like, oh, go to this place. But then you'll get to that place. And you're like, I need a key. Where's the key? I don't know where I'd get the key. Uh, so that was a pain. Yeah, I feel um, like I feel like that's also I mean, I I never played the Game Boy version either, but I assume there's a lot of like, well, this is how the Game Boy version did it. And there there are certain points where I thought like, oh, I don't really know where I'm supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. But I, I yeah, I, I, I personally didn't have as that big of a problem with it. But I I, I do think that that could have been I, I, I mean, I wonder if they could have even had maybe two versions that were like or not two versions, but two play styles in the game where it's like, do you want to play like the optimized version or the like completely faithful to the yeah. original version? That would make and sense. I feel like that could have been an interesting choice yeah. if they'd figured that out. Yeah. And I feel like like old Game Boy games like that, um, they tended to pad themselves by being like obfuscating stuff like that. So you kind mm-hmm. of have to explore. So it's like you're playing it for an extra hour versus just yeah. doing it. So. Also, people talk about Link's Awakening like it's super white, like wild and weird, and like I, you know there are like chain chomps and like some Mario stuff, but like it's not actually that weird. <laughs> like it's it's pretty like normal, even maybe like I don't know compared to some other Zelda games, pretty tame, I guess. Uh, yeah, like compared to like even something like Twilight Princess, I'm like. Man, you turn into a wolf in that game, and like, there's all sorts of weird stuff happening. This, like, oh, there's a chain chomp. I don't know. Kirby. I, I yeah, no, Kirby. He did jack shit. <laughs> he he just like bounced around, like boink 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 boink, and that's all he did. He didn't try to eat me. <laughs> he did. I couldn't hurt him. I couldn't do anything to Kirby. Why is he there? He's. He, I saw him like twice. Like, what what is going on? Uh, Link's Awakening, man. I don't know. Uh, I I was excited for there to be a good game, a good Zelda game on the Switch, but uh, the wait continues. But a good game that will come I to the Switch. Just, I we just you you got to stop trolling people. You, you, no, you're right. You're right. They did put Link to the Past on uh, Jesus Christ on the Nintendo Switch Online, so you can't Jesus play a good Christ. Zelda game. Uh, when but, you when you just don't know what a good game is, Andre, you don't get to make statements like that. Uh, the Witcher Three is a good game. Yeah, they put Witcher that 3 on the is Switch. One of the best games. Yeah. Do you know that when when Zelda <laughs> takes elements of inspiration from games like The Witcher and The Elder Scrolls, it makes for a pretty damn good video game. Andre, arguably one of the best video games ever made. Andre, I, I would man. agree with that. Yes, Andre. What if the next Zelda game is ba- basically a Yakuza game? Dude, <laughs> <laughs> now sign me up. I well, want, the next Yakuza oh, game man. is basically a Final Fantasy, so yeah, well, oh yeah, which looks pretty rad. <laughs> I oh man, I want, I want looks Cosmo rad to Kir- me. I I want Cosmo Kiryu as Link in the next Zelda game. <laughs> and I just, yeah, no, I just that's... don't believe that people that don't like Breath of the Wild are being honest. I oh, I thought you were going to be like, I don't believe that they're real. And I'm like, I think you're I both liars. Like yeah. It, it I, I was so. You're either I, liars or AI constructs. I, I honestly will never get oh, over both. the fact, get over our first uh, game of the year discussion because I thought, like, 
oh, this is a gimme that it's great. I've erased that conversation from my mind. I was like, oh, this is like, obviously we all thought this was great. And then it, like, then half of us did. Obviously and I was we like, all, what the fuck is happening? Obviously we're all good exploding. people with good opinions. Wait, apparently not. Uh, well, uh, another, a good game that is coming to the Switch uh, to help pad out its, its paltry library of games is, uh, I don't know when it's actually coming to the Switch because they were like, we want to make sure this uh, ports well, is Lonely Mountains Downhill, which is on PS4, Xbox, and PC, if you are interested in those platforms. It is a super neat, isometric downhill biking game like you're biking towards the camera mostly um but you're and you're going down like oh, switchbacks nice. and so it's like, you know all sorts of it, so it's yeah. like crash bandicoot uh n- not not so much no like like you're looking at the mountain it's like you're not behind the bike really from like your natural point you're like looking at the mountain and then you're like biking down the mountain uh like you just look you've got video don't you alex you can see it uh it's very cool uh, i played it back at uh bit summit like a couple months ago and i was like oh i definitely want to keep an eye on this game and it came out like two weeks ago or something and i had a really good time with it it's like pretty simple there's like four mountains and each one like the first time you like visit a mountain you like or it so each mountain has like four trails and each time you visit a trail, you're just trying to get to the bottom and you're like finding like the best path for you and your bike that you're on because the different bikes, like the first one is like, oh, it's kind of just an all arounder. And then like other bikes will have super rigid suspension. So you can't like take big drops, so you, but they're faster. And then like other bikes can take bigger drops, but they're slower. So you're like trying to trade off on like your the paths you take so you can get the best time possible. Uh, so maybe you're like, Oh, well I don't like taking this specific route. So I want to take, I want to go like off road more and hit these big jumps. But if I do it on the fast bike, I just like eat shit every time. Uh, but if I take the slower bike, I can make these jumps. Uh, so, you know, you're kind of weighing those options as you choose your path through each mountain. And there are tons of paths through each mountain. It's, ridiculous like the amount of like different shortcuts and stuff you can find a lot of them you won't see until like you like you're biking past like the like the exit of like the the pathway Uh, so it's really neat to like go by and then like see like oh i could have come down like a weird way over here huh like and my next run i'll try that and it's like you're just every time you go by you're trying to do like oh i only want to crash like you know, five times or something on my way down, or I want to like do it in under two and a half minutes or something like that to on like uh, customizable things and new bike parts and stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately, I think some of the bike, like the bikes take way too long to unlock. By the time I had every mountain unlocked, like all the trails and stuff, I only had unlocked one other bike, which was like a bummer because I wanted to try other stuff. So I only had like the all arounder and a fast bike. I would have liked to have tried more, uh, more like off-road type bikes. Um, and I, I want to get back to it and hopefully they add some new mountains and stuff. Uh, cause it's really fun and it's like really relaxing to play, even though you're just like in these super harrowing downhill biking conditions, like flying off the mountain and busting your nuts on your handlebars and whatever. 
Um, hey, not, it's not really November. Fun. Uh, not November. That's why I've not played it uh, in November. No nut bust in November. Oh, Jesus. Busting makes me feel good. Oh, man. Uh, busting, busting, busting. I, th- bustin'. I more re- I relate to the second half of that song where he's just like, sleeping makes me feel good. Sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no sleep. I ain't afraid of no bed. I ain't afraid of no bed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, it's also like a super beautiful game. Like it's very, it's low poly, uh, which I think works for it. It, it looks very nice. Um, like beautiful colors. The, and each mountain has like a kind of a distinct like style. So like the first one is kind of like generic foresty, generic, like foresty mountain. Then you've got like a more deserty mountain, uh, than like a older, like dying forest kind of like more rocky, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like old growth kind of stuff. Uh, it's on game pass on console. So if you got that, you can check it out. It's a very relaxing game. I would highly recommend it to just about anybody. I think, uh, so yeah, that's lonely mountains downhill. Very cool to check out. I think on their website, they have like a one minute demo. At least they did when it was like not out. I don't know if it still is or if they still have that, but it was a Kickstarter thing. It's very cool. Lonely Mountains Downhill. Check it out. I will check it out on Game Pass. I really, really like Descenders. Um, not that they're necessarily yeah, that they're similar, but... Very different um, games. But uh, if you were into like the downhill biking stuff, it's like a different approach to that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Idea. I, I, I'm sure that there is some... I mean, it, if it's a game where you're still managing speed and... Mm-hmm jumps that is what descenders is so like it, yeah. i'm sure that inter the, the way you interface with those concepts is different but it's yeah i like that kind of stuff the ideas yeah uh yeah well uh taking us out of the world of video games uh we can leave the question of our video games art behind <laughs> and pat can tell us are card games art card games have art I don't know. Is design art? Yeah. In that case, yes, because that's all the card games are. I don't even know if I have an answer to that question. Uh, uh, video games. I don't. I mean, I think that question is stupid. Anyway, what is the so, what is the citizen cane of card games? I mean, I guess it's probably um, Domin- Domin- Dominion. Mm, I like Dominion. <laughs> what is the ski free of, of card game? Is there a ski free card game? Oh man, well I <laughs> there know should we're doing be. Welcome to our Kickstarter. That's a good idea. Uh, ski free the card game. Seriously, like you have to place the cards. The cards have art from ski free on them, and it's like you place the cards, and then the skier moves them. Mm-hmm. I'm getting an idea. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no. So I spent um, an evening playing and. and probably many more soon playing uh, the Marvel champions card game, which is a new uh, living card game from fantasy flight games. Um, the so Marvel champions is or living card games are a kind of card game where the experience sort of emulates trading card games. Um, they're often very different mechanically, but 
the big thing that they do is take the randomization out of obtaining the cards. So you buy like a core set of cards and then every month uh, they'll release a pack of cards that is non-random. So the games are, there's a bunch of them that Fantasy Flight has done. Other companies have taken the model on. You know, Netrunner was a living card game that Fantasy Flight, unfortunately, no longer has the rights to make. Um, They are currently doing a Legend of the Five Rings card game. Uh, They have um, a Game of Thrones card game, and those are all competitive. And then on the cooperative front, they have uh, the the Lord of the Rings card game that they did was co-op. And um, then they prior to Marvel Champions, the most recent um, co-op living card game was uh, the Arkham Horror card game. Uh, so like the concept is cool because you can kind of, you, you, there's no random buying of packs. It's not as expensive as playing a trading card game. Uh, did you have something Alex? Uh, I don't want to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> we'll, we'll swing, okay. we'll swing, we'll swing back to this. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, uh, the, the other co-op card games that they've done have been, um, kind of like the Lord of the Rings card game is very puzzly. You have a scenario that you're playing against um, with one or two people and uh, you have to kind of build a deck around the, the scenario. (laughs) Um, Whereas uh, the Arkham horror living card game is more like, it's kind of like campaigny. You're doing mission, you're doing these adventures and then your deck is growing in power and stuff and it's hard and it requires a lot of buy-in from the players because you have to spend a lot of time making your decks. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of setup time. It's a really great game, but it doesn't fit in my life very well. <laughs> um, whereas the, uh, the Marvel card game is cool because it's like, it feels more like a trading card game where you're playing against a, an AI deck rather than some huge, like lay out all these cards and set up a board game kind of thing. Um, the decks that you play feel very much like you're playing a trading card game. Um, the way that you build decks is you say like, I'm going to play a Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man gives you 15 cards and then um, you pick an aspect, which is kind of like a color and magic. It's like justice, leadership, aggression. Um, and uh, the aspect gives you a pool of cards to choose from. And then there's some uh, generic like um, neutral cards to choose from. And then from there, you're very much like playing a sort of TCG style game where you're spending resources to play cards that are going to be like allies or equipment. Um and then the villain gets to go and the villain deck uh, you does various advances, various win conditions for it. Um, and what I like about it a lot is uh, I think it's like super, super accessible for people who are new to card games. Um, really good solitaire play for you to learn it. Uh, you can play with up to four people to play it like cooperatively. Um, and the core set that you can get now, you just buy it and then you have access to enough cards to make any deck that is legal by the current deck building rules. Um, not sure if you can make, you wouldn't be able to make like four of the same deck, obviously, but you wouldn't be able to play with four Spider-Mans anyway. So it's kind of relevant. Um, and there's kind of, there's two real big things that I think are, make this game work really well, which is um, the villain stuff. Each villain that you can play against, I've only actually played against Rhino so far, who's a bad guy from Spider-Man. I played it four times in a row, and each game was, like, different and unique. I lost one of them. Um, 
and it was fun, which tells me that like there's three villain decks in the box, but you could probably get a good two dozen plays on each one of those before it starts to feel kind of stale. Um, and then that's one of the kind of packs they'll be releasing in their monthly releases is new villains to fight against. Um, and then also the characters all feel very different. So Spider-Man is very much a, like um, he's good at avoiding damage and um, he can deal some heavy burst damage for the players. The win condition is reducing the villain's health to zero. Um, but there's a, a sort of timer mechanic called the scheme that the villain is advancing. So you can't just like turtle and tank damage because otherwise the scheme will trigger and you'll lose. Um, and uh, Spider-Man is not super good at mitigating the the scheme. Um, so you have to like be good at dodging damage, but also kind of um, be uh, aggressive, aggressive with him as well. Whereas Captain Marvel is like, she is like, you need to do as much damage as you can as quickly as you can. Um, because she has like no tools to um, sort of mitigate the board getting kind of out of control. Cause the bad guy can spawn like additional schemes and can spawn minions for you to fight against. She's not very good at dealing with any of that stuff. Right. So um, she's more, so she's it, more like single target, not crowd controlly. aggro. Yeah. yeah yep. Gotcha. Uh, where Spider-Man's very controlly, but he can't, he's still on a timer. Um, and then like I was looking at uh, she Hulk as one of the other characters. She's very, very good at managing the scheme, which kind of makes sense because the concept is there's the villain. He's trying to take out the hero, but you can also switch to your alter ego as your hero character. Um, and then the villain is kind of advancing some kind of like background scheme that um, is kind of akin to, you know, when Peter Parker is Peter Parker, he's often dealing with Norman Osborn doing some nefarious criminal enterprise and then he turns into Spider-Man and he and Green Goblin fight. Um, so that's kind of mirrored here. Uh, and um, She-Hulk is like really, really, really good uh, when she's on her Jennifer Jennifer Walters side um, because she's a lawyer. So she's like got all these different ways to mitigate uh, the, the scheme tokens. But then when she turns into She-Hulk, she also does a lot of damage. Um, she seems just like all around very good. So we'll see how like that works out in practice, but I suspect that playing as her deck will be, it'll be hard to manage a lot of the cards that come off of the villains deck. Um, Cause there's a lot of them that just like kind of throw a wrench in your plans. So um, it's, it's a really cool game though. I mean, it still has some random elements like any card game does. You can get fucked over by stuff just kind of going wrong all at once, but bad shuffles. and Yeah. But, um, that said the draw as they say it doesn't feel as bad as so one of my issues with arkham horror while i love the theme is and i have a bunch of the cards for the arkham horror card game i've played it pretty extensively is you can spend like an hour playing an arkham horror scenario and then everything goes bad at the last act and then you lose and it feels kind of terrible because like you tried so much to like mitigate all of the stuff that's happening and you do a good job and then a card flips and then you're screwed. And the thing with, with uh, Marvel champions is like that can happen, but they're also, and then on top of that in Arkham horror, it might be the third scenario in a campaign that you've been sort of lovingly upgrading your deck throughout. And then you can either follow the rules and say, well, I lost. So now I'm screwed or you can 
to like kind of replay the scenario if you want to. Those are your options. Whereas with Marvel Champions, it's all self-contained games. There's not like that overarching campaign thing. So like if this if the villain like ends up getting to put four scheme tokens on this on the scheme card and then it triggers the loss for the players, you can just go, well, that sucked, and then shuffle the decks and start playing again. Um and it it feels good to do that. And the games themselves don't take more than like I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes, maybe it's kind of like playing a game of magic. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, I, I definitely like recommend it to anyone interested in card games. It seems a little Sam was excited about it and pointed out the game is like $60 in the U.S., mm-hmm. which to me is like that's what board games cost. Yep. But if you're used to buying like stuff at like Target, that might be a little bit steep. Um, but but again, if you that's all you have to spend on it, um, I mean, you can buy game mats for it, and I would recommend buying enough sleeves to sleeve the cards that you're playing with. Sure. Um, and I ended up buying enough sleeves to just sleeve everything in the box, which is a little bit on the expensive side because there's a lot of cards. Um, but that said, uh, for game content wise, you only need to buy one copy of the base game, which is different than prior uh, living card games like with Arkham Horror. Um, you need to buy two copies of that core set to be able to build any deck um, for one person. And then you would need two copies basically per player. So it gets mm-hmm. expensive kind of fast. You can play it with just one copy, but you can only play it with two players with one copy. And each of those two players is going to have lim- more limited deck building options. Um, so uh, with Marvel Champions, you can play it with four players out of the box. You never need to buy a second core set. That's it. Cool. Um, and then when they sell those those little packs of the first one that's coming out as a Captain America hero pack, it'll come with the hero cards for that character and then a bunch of additional um, aspect cards that can work with any character. So they expand your deck building options along with introducing a new character. Um, and uh, they come with enough. They come with a full play set of cards each time. So as many as you could possibly need. So you never need to buy more than one of those hero packs. Uh, so yeah, it's very cool. I recommend it. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite, um, like board and card game releases this year for sure. Awesome. Nice. Uh, Alex, I, at the beginning of the podcast, I specifically told you, put your hentai games away. <laughs> and what did you do? Oh, God. What did you do? I looked at steam. And so it's interesting. Cause when I looked at steam, I've looked at steam a few times. And I saw things like Citadel forged with fire. No, I, I, I and, went to Steam and uh, clicked new, like just new, not popular new releases, just new releases. I thought you said mm-hmm. I thought you were going for nude there no, for a second. Nude I releases. Like, I was like, uh, I think that is what he had. Get like one thing if you're looking for a bit. I also releases. I turned off the thing where they show you the porn games. Um, I probably should. Like it's, it's for me. You know, that's probably a good idea, but like because of this, I'm glad I have it on. So because I, of- well, I was able to discover a game called Bear Boob Brawlers with a Z Power Claw. And and according to their Steam page, there's also going to be a Bear Boob Brawlers <laughs> Novel 1 open parentheses visual novel close parentheses. Well, but also Coming though, like in early 2020, right? Yep. yep even, early if, 2020. even if you turn off the porn games... It's still like I can still see hentai Asmodeus in the in the new releases. Well, that's because that's art. <laughs> I 
I can still see Sakura Fox Adventure in the new releases. That one's not porn. Like, I'm seeing the stuff. I don't. Okay, but it. if I don't want to see <laughs> anti games, I don't want to see that one. And Steam should know that. But anyways, Bear Boo Brawlers might have to give that a shot. It looks terrible. It does look very bad, and I, I I just love that you have the fighting game called Bear Boo Brawlers, and then a visual novel. Yeah, it's it's very. It's not a fighting game. It's a brawler. It's a, there's a difference. Anyways, we don't have to talk about it for too long. I just saw it and started tilting uh, my head and saying, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so, Alex, I have I have to tell you something. Yeah. We've already talked about it for too long. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. But uh, I I can tell you, the listener. Uh, that come February 2020, Alex will report back on the visual novel. I don't make any promises. <laughs> I, I promise you, the listener, that Alex will report back. I'll promise you that Alex will have something to say about the visual novel in February 2020. I'll probably say, oh, yeah, that came out and that'll be it. Yeah, maybe that's all it'll be, but it'll be something. Uh, well, speaking of Steam, uh, Devil Daggers is $2.50. Oh, you should buy that. That's not where I thought you were going to go with that. Uh, yep. Speaking of Steam, beep, beep, EA is coming back. Yep. Yep. Uh, beep, beep. So, yeah, uh, e- beep, beep. That's the sound of need for speed. Beep, beep, eight. The Star Wars droid. Yeah, so. Wow. The best droid. Uh, I don't know. Not, He's got some competition now. I would agree with you. Who was uh, not making an ago. appearance in uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. which is coming to Steam. That's kind of <laughs> like the thing they're leading their return to Steam charge with. What's funny is that they've put other games like they put their games back yeah. on sale. I, I mean, yeah, yeah they put their they put, they put specifically game, saying like we're the, on the, yeah, the like if you look at the Steam store main page, so, there's a giant Fallen Order pre-purchase. Yeah. So, so yeah. does, like, does up that the, ring death knells for Origin? Uh, I don't think so. Like they can still keep running Origin because like everyone who's on there already will Yeah, and still your games don't it. come back to Steam from Origin. Like Yeah. If you had them on Steam, you could put codes in in Origin to get them think, on Origin. But I think this just ends up as a Uplay thing, mm-hmm. so they yes, get more people totally. into the Origin 100%. store. One hundred percent. Also, but like you know, whatever they're they're selling games on Steam again. That's not the interesting thing. The interesting thing is they're putting EA Access yeah. as a Steam yeah. subscription it's now. Cool. Like, I don't know exactly how it works, it's but the first instead of subscribing through Origin, you can subscribe Steam. through Steam. That's the first Steam subscription service, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. Uh, so EA Access uh, is the thing that lets you play Madden like ten days early, uh, or you know various other Vault games. Uh, Mass Effect, I believe, is one of those games. They also well, have the EA Access Premiere, yeah. which is their super fancy one. Yep, which gets you access to their newer games, like, everything uh, too, like this, every game they release. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year's hottest release, Anthem. You know, though, actually, now that I say that, um, like Jedi Fallen Order is on Origin Access or Access Premiere, EA Access Premiere. But if you buy that, I subscribed for a while to it. <laughs> you can play The Sims 4, but the expansion packs are not available. on no, that, so You still have to buy them. That's not surprising to me. It's, yeah. It sucks. I mean, that's, that's not surprising. Well, that is. How does that work with uh, Game Pass? Probably the same way. No, Game Pass. Well, okay. So it depends. Yeah. Game Pass. I mean, have, Microsoft games, I'm sure they're just 
the DLC works, but not if you have Game Pass games. Ultimate, you get all the DLC for Microsoft games. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if how it works with. I believe you have to buy the DLC for yeah. other games. The difference is that Microsoft is offering their published games with all yeah. the DLC if you have Game Pass Ultimate, which is the equivalent to Origin Access Premiere because it's the fifteen dollar a month one. Yeah. Um, Origin Access Premiere EA publishes all those games. There's no yeah. reason they couldn't offer you the Sims expansion packs with that service. It's just that the Sims is probably their biggest money maker. Yeah. Aside yeah. from the sports games, like Anyone, the biggest non EA sports money maker. So they yeah. don't do that because oh, most people playing the Sims, I think, aren't going to subscribe to no. You're Origin right. Access anyway. Yeah. It's not that um, egregious, but I do think it's yeah. funny. Um. I do you know what is egregious? The Mass Effect Three DLC prices still, but are they still they're still like full price? Mm-hmm. I think they're still like full price. They do that with Dragon Age, also. They don't mm-hmm. drop the prices on the DLCs. It's just so weird. They're not Nintendo. Who do they think they are? I'm actually interested to see. I think if I could put Apex on Steam, I might. Well, I still play The Sims sometimes. Battlefront sometimes. I'm trying to think of a route to uninstalling Origin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The problem. I, yeah. I'm. I don't even think I have. Uh, no, I do have it installed because I thought about playing Apex Legends recently. Ah, uh, yes. Like, oh, thinking maybe about I wanna, playing. Yeah. Because I was, well, I rebuilt my computer over the summer, and I was like, oh, do I? I guess I'll yeah. install Origin. How does you never know. With Microsoft does Ultimate give you access to all those car packs in Forza? Yes. Oh. Well, sorry. Um, no, that one missed the cutoff by like. Oh, okay. That was the the last game that they put out that didn't have that. Okay. So no, because yeah, I was just but thinking like, that would presumably be, that would be the closest thing to like the Sims equivalent I can think of on. So the next yeah. Forza will you will get everything oh, okay. with that's, Game Pass. Ultimate. That's pretty cool. Gears Gears Five, you get everything yes. if you have. Ultimate. That's pretty neat, but uh, and and for like um, all of the some some games they did retroactively. I think the only reason they didn't do it with Forza is because there are people like me who bought the Ultimate Edition of Forza Horizon Four. Yeah. I wouldn't personally be pissed because I don't get pissed about that stuff generally, but I could see other people being like, "Wait a minute, I bought the hundred and twenty dollar version of this game, even though I have Game Pass, so that I could play it early and get all this shit." And you're telling me that now I shouldn't have bought it at all. I can see how people would be upset with that. Um, And so I think it's more that rather than like a greediness. Well, they also didn't have like the ultimate thing at that point. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. It was a Um, off. Yeah. Because if you like we happy few, you get the like deluxe edition or whatever of that Mm -hmm. because no one bought that game anyway. So (laughs) who is there to piss off? (laughs) Right. Uh, Uh, I so I. A lot of like people have wondered, like, oh, did they court Epic too? And I wonder if Epic would have like let the EA Access thing happen. Like, would they? I don't have know that, that they have infrastructure for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is that even a because I they, mean, they they're lacking? It. Yeah, but I don't know if they could have built yeah. it on the timetable. I mean, I think that yeah. Steam was like, let's go. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I, I also Fallen Order is probably going to be pretty big. I get the impression that. Um, that there was a lot of like kind of coming together conversation happening. It wasn't so much just EA going to valve or valve going to EA. It was more of a Mm -hmm. sort of mutual, like they've been planning this for a while um, is the impression that I get from seeing Twitter chatter. Um, 
And so it's it's less like EA was shopping around to the different stores. I, I mean, yeah, th- these deals don't just happen, I imagine, like when they've been like not they haven't been competing, but EA has just been like, oh, no, we're not on there. I don't think they just go back and like, OK, we're just going to take whatever deal you normally have for people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell no. I'm sure that they got something. They got and especially people. with like bringing origin access to Steam yeah. and stuff, you know, Uh it's a yeah, smart so, move for Valve because I think that they need to um, oh try God. to like they need something to differentiate themselves as a platform. And I think they're making good moves. Like I like the way the library changed. That was that's like it's totally different looking now, um, but it, it's it's cool. Um, and it actually has oh. gotten me to oh. launch games that I hadn't played in a while because I saw their art and was like, oh, yeah, that's a cool game. Okay, okay, wait, I need to stop us for just a second. Yeah. So earlier today, I was still using the old Steam library. Like, I don't know why it was still the old one, but then, like, I hit restart on Steam at some point during this podcast, and I, as you said that, I clicked library, and I had the new library. Yeah. <laughs> freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. Um, you can click the little nice. arrow in the upper left to make it just your installed games, which is relevant for me because I think I have somewhere around a thousand steamed games. So at first, mm-hmm. when I didn't think I could do installed only, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, no, I can see right here. I have one thousand one hundred and forty six games on Steam. Dang, son. Uh, Ooh. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of humble bundles. Humble bundles. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Yeah, that's I have eight hundred and eighty and I'm definitely not as big of a PC I'm, gamer, but it's more of like. Yeah. I get every humble lot of sales, lot nowhere, of I'm nowhere near that. Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, keep in mind, I have primarily been playing games on PC for like yeah. almost 10 years. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I've been I've been playing for almost like eight years on PC at this point. I've only got 385. <laughs> I would say 80 percent of my game purchases are on Steam, though. Mm-hmm. I don't buy much of anything on PS4 or Mm-hmm. And and not much on Xbox because of yeah. Game Pass. Not not yeah. so much because I don't use my Xbox a lot. But uh, but anyway, the that's smart. And I think that they're um, the thing they're doing where they're poking users after they've played for a while to re-review games is really smart yeah, too. That is a smart. Because I think one of the biggest issues with Steam as a platform is that user reviews can like really fuck up a game and it, it, often for bad reasons. Um, yeah. Like. Yes, sometimes it has led to games fixing problems, like developers fixing problems. But a lot of times it's like you can like people can just brigade a game and tank its reviews and then no one buys it. Uh, So I think that like getting people to and and then there's also stuff like the classic one for me is there's a Vermintide 2 review. That's a thumbs down review where someone was like, you know, after 3000 hours of play, the game just loses its its appeal. And it's like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what more do you want? Like, yeah. You play this game for 3000 hours and you can see it's real and you don't recommend it after 3000 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Um, so yeah, uh, that well, obviously look, this new uh, idol clicker champions two is just not that good. And it doesn't live up to idol champions clicker one or whatever. Uh, so uh, here's a thought I just had while during this discussion was if EA access is going to be on steam now, what does this open the door to how many new subscription services are going to pop up on steam for bear boo brawler, uh, the franchise for, uh, 
hentai asume what is it that's the past game of the year mm. um Esmodeus. you know uh i don't know are we gonna see like a just an even greater influx of subscription services because right now it's been limited to like publishers like you know ubisoft ea i mean uh, like one i could see would be the humble one yeah yeah they could totally just roll humble into steam yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah i i could see more uh um subscription services especially since that's what's happening with uh video streaming services now where there's just like just this influx it's it's definitely a business model where it's like oh hey well we could do more of these and i could see that happening with games too yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah i i wonder what that does yeah like one thing that could be interesting like i if <sighs> apple wouldn't do it but if like someone did an apple arcade like thing or if steam did one mm-hmm. like their own kind of equivalent that would be really interesting mm-hmm. too well, you know, Valve doesn't make games anymore. Yeah, so. but like, th- I mean, <laughs> these are games that Apple has published, right? Like, they didn't necessarily develop yeah. them. So if Steam partnered with, I don't know, a handful of games and said, like, okay, yeah, that'll be part yeah. of the Steam arcade, then that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm... Now I'm looking at the Steam page for Indivisible, and fuck, why am I not playing Indivisible? It's pretty good. It looks so, it looks so good. It's pretty good. I need to finish it up. Oh man! Oh, the art. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, the, uh, speaking of publishers, uh, the Blizzard, <laughs> Activision, <laughs> Activision Blizzard. <laughs> oh boy, that was masterfully done. The, it's, you know, BlizzCon. Everything's yeah. BlizzCon's happening. BlizzCon. Oh, it the Overwatch Two. Yep. Who saw that coming? Literally, apparently, yeah, that leaked. Uh, like all the leaks were true. What single player? Yep. Uh, story missions. PVE, story missions. Uh, leveling stuff or like progression. Yeah, mechanic, it looks like there's some kind of like right? skill tree, which is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. I, they they were very explicit in saying that it's super work in progress, so everything about it could change. But they showed mm-hmm. um, they showed a pretty. A pretty interesting looking skill tree for Tracer. Yeah, and like they showed some abilities for like um, Reinhardt and May, where they would be able to do abilities that you have not seen them do before. Mm-hmm. So that was okay. pretty neat. So it's like the Destiny thing, where you've got like a you got a tree, and then you can be like, okay, but there, I want to I want to blink instead of like glide. Yeah, I would say they kind of took some inspiration from Dota with yeah, like for the sure. leveling Jesus. mechanics like cuz uh like every we'll say 5 just for the sake of clarity uh, mm-hmm. like every 5 levels you get to choose an extra like uh mm-hmm. you can either get 50% extra damage to this ability or you can get 50% more gold per minute like so to be fair though i think dota took that from heroes of the storm oh really okay i never played heroes of the storm yes so. i believe heroes of the storm did that prior to dota 2 doing okay. it and then they rolled it into Dota 2. Yeah. Um, but e- either way, yeah. they like, all took it from 
<laughs> yeah, Valve stole it from everybody. Like Valve steals from everybody. But um, well, I mean, whatever. Here's the storm is based on Dota, so you know, yeah. whatever. Which is based on League of Legends. <laughs> Which is based on Dota. <laughs> so it all comes back to uh, oh, what's that other Dota. one? Dota. No, what's the other one that no one plays? Which is anymore? based on Warcraft. Here's a newer. Which is yeah. based on Warhammer. Come it's on, it's all just Han. But, so basically, all based on Warhammer. So basically, uh, we're saying Overwatch is turning into Warcraft three, and that's probably for the better. Oh no. Man, uh, that would that be a good would be game. A good that would be a good game. But, okay, I do think so they only announced the one new character. Uh, yeah, announced, but there's, yeah, more, there's to more to come. What was yeah. her name? I can't uh, remember. I actually. assume Sojourn. 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 Yes. She's Canadian. Canadian actually. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, cool. Alex is represented in a video yep. game. Uh, and there's um, oh. there's a Toronto oh. map coming along I with their likes, Rio de Janeiro. She likes all dress chips. <laughs> Knowing them, that team, that's actually will be a that'll be a a thing in a cutscene. Yeah. Um, How do I put Claire from Bon Appetit in <laughs> in Overwatch? I mean, I would die for Claire from that the would bon actually Appetit make me like test kitchen. So that would make me consider going and paying something for for something. Claire from the Bon Appetit test okay. kitchen never dies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is interesting that that like. Like this stuff for Overwatch 2 looks very interesting, and I would like to play that game, but I also think it's funny how a lot of news sites are just kind of like, well, they apologized for Hong Kong and we'll move yeah, on. Everything's fine. And it's like, no, oh. that is not what that yeah. was. I, I mean, they said some good things. Or Brack said some good things, but Blitzchung is still suspended, and they didn't specifically address. They didn't that really apologize. Concern. It was like no, so seventy percent of an apology. <laughs> yes, it was like an apology for making a, a mistake, but apology. not really taking responsibility for the specific yeah. mistake that was made. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It was cleverly worded in a way to sound really good, but like there was a Polygon headline that was like. Blizzard apologizes for Hong Kong protesters. And it's like, fuck you, they did not apologize to the Hong Kong protesters. That is not what happened. Yeah. Yeah. They apologized to their fan base for not communicating with them well, but that's kind of a separate issue. For distracting from the epic entertainment. Yeah. It's just so I don't know. It's it's still a very um and the more I think about Diablo 4 also, which was the other big game announcement, I'm just kind of I'm I'm still feeling relatively cynical about them as a company, I guess. Um, not necessarily to the extent that uh, I'm not saying like right now, like I'm not going to play Diablo four and overwatch two, but I'm also not, I think we need to make sure that the, their, what they're doing and what they did stays in conversation along with those games rather than letting those games sweep the last month under the rug. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the quote in front of me, but one of the things he said during the apology was like, uh, well, like words are cheap, but like watch our actions to make sure like hold us accountable basically. Right. And I think that's kind of the takeaway is you should hold them accountable. But they also haven't taken any action to right the wrong that they did. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, totally. yes, I am watching your actions and you're not doing anything. Yeah. I kind of expected that speech to end with like, hey, we are dropping the suspension in this specific instance as sort of a show that we are trying to, you know, do a better job and maybe even have like Blitzchung come out for the Hearthstone part or something. Yeah. Um, 
And then that just that they just were like, we'll do better in the future. Bye. It's like if I punch you in the mouth and knock one of your teeth out and then say, I won't punch you again, but I don't pay for your dental work. Like I'm still an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know. It, it, in some ways it was an empty apology, but also it seems like it, it's probably the best thing he could have said with regards to like the Activision overlords, like looking over and being like, don't, uh, don't upset China. Yeah. And I guess that's just, mm, I don't know. There's, there's, I have, yeah, I have concerns about that to a degree. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, uh, so overwatch two in development, it'll come out someday. Uh, Diablo four also coming out someday. Um, Yeah. We don't know. I didn't have a date, but that, that cinematic was extremely good. Uh, it's supposed to be Diablo three gameplay with more serious dark tone like Diablo yeah, two. Basically, I guess I I'm kind of like it's great for fans, whatever. It's it's fine. I'm not saying like you shouldn't all of the um, corporate China stuff aside. I'm not saying you that, that I'm like critical of you if you're excited about Diablo four. But I do find it interesting that people found it exciting. Like it looks good. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying that Diablo three is not a good game, but like, no, I'll say that all day. Bringing back the Druid is not to me. Like, I don't go like, Oh wow. It's just interesting that like blizzard, hardcore blizzard fans really seem to be like, we just want you to make the game from 20 years ago over and over yeah. and over and over and over again. So we can get excited about it over and over and over again. And I do not understand that mentality at all. It's just very strange to me. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, those Diablo games. I'm not a fan, you know, clickers only do so much for me, you know? Yeah, well, I'm not uh, gonna buy. my favorite Diablo game is the first one. Cause I think it had the coolest art and music of all of them. Uh, uh, so it looking at this PC gamer story, it seems like Diablo four has a nonlinear story set in an open world, uh, which was kind of what two was, yep. right? Mm, kind of more, more than more so than three, yes. because three was, was very really, like, linear. I don't know. I mean, like, I think two only became nonlinear and open because people made it that way. Like people I, played well, I mean, it that way. Yeah. You I definitely, I, I didn't play much of two, but you definitely go from like point A to. I mean, it's structured very similarly to Diablo three. Very, very similarly mm-hmm. in terms of like the, the thing that's different about two is it has larger dungeons that sprawl a lot more than Diablo threes. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. When I played Diablo two, it was very much like, Hey, do these quests in this area and then go to the next area and then do these quests in this area and then go to the next area. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like, yes, you could do stuff to like rush it, but Mm -hmm. that was more a function of like, I'm really good at Diablo two. I can do things to win the game faster. Mm -hmm. So I don't know it. If it is really like kind of an open world thing that could be, more interesting from a gameplay perspective, uh, for sure. All right. Well, and then the, the biggest news of the show, uh, Shadowlands world of Warcraft God. coming next year. Jesus Christ. There's actually <laughs> some, in, there's actually some interesting stuff that I th- would like to see in other MMOs here. What, um, like more Sylvanas windrunner. So, okay. <laughs> uh, 
so they're reducing the level cap actually back to 60 and uh what you'll do is you'll like start a new character and then you'll like level up to like level 10 and then you'll choose one of the expansions to like play through Mm -hmm. and then level up to like 50 and then you'll play through shadowlands i guess uh so they're like weird yeah but like i would like to see kind of a way like if final fantasy 14 did that where you'd just like, okay, I want to, I skip the, like the main story. I just want to like go into skip the original realm reborn stuff and just go into like the new or like you the can, first expansion you, and play through that. Or you can do that expansion. I don't know if you can do that. Yeah. You can level skip and then you can level skip, but you can only, I think it's only to the newest stuff. Yeah. That's a good point. Yes. You can only get to the, you can level skip to the newest expansion. Yeah. You, so you can't like, play the stuff in between. Yeah. Um, without playing through the, I think, yeah, I, think that's I, how yeah. I believe that is how it works. And, and like, you know, they're doing some stuff to like minimize like the the chain or like the time between the end of a realm reborn and yeah. the start of Heaven's Word or whatever. But still like I think this is maybe a smart way to like let people see all that content if they want cuz it'll just like theoretically get them up pretty quick. But it would have to be interesting content for you to want to do that. Yeah, I mean I mean, yeah. But uh, wow, had, like, so whether or not you think whether or not you think wow is interesting i think that's an interesting approach to a to a problem that has plagued mmos for a long time I just, yeah who i don't get the appeal of playing a game that still looks and feels like it came out in 2004 oh i i'm i'm not saying you're wrong I'm, <laughs> i mean i mean I, just, I, I, don't, I don't i think people playing wow right now are going why am i still doing this i, I just think that there's a lot of people who wow is their game i guess because like i have a coworker yeah. at work where like she loves wow and when the new expansion comes out i'm i'm betting she's gonna like like the, when the last one came out she like took time off of work to play it like that level and uh i don't know how many other games she plays i think it's like mostly like she just plays a lot of wow does she still play it consistently or does she only play the new expansions yeah. when they come out oh she plays it consistently oh, okay yeah, that's so interesting to me. I don't know. I guess I just like I I know I just feel like I know, there's a lot of people where they play very very specific games and those are their games and yeah I guess yeah it just it's so like the that cut scene that they did beautifully animated because totally. I mean Blizzard has some of the most talented animators in the business but um and it was like cool I guess from a like this is a cool little short action fantasy thing but like nothing that they could possibly do with any of those characters could surprise me because she could have killed Arthas and I would have been like, yeah, makes sense. She could have put the crown on and I would have been like, yeah, makes sense. She broke it. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Like, it's just, they've done everything so to death with those characters that there's like no surprise left to me. It's uh, like, well, who is it this time? Who's dying? They're kind of the Simpsons of video games. Totally. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. Um, if yeah. the Simpsons was all stolen from Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, they're pretty far off on their own. <laughs> yeah. Warhammer Springfield coming 2020. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that, that, that there was like a t- sort of tinge of desperation to me, to that trailer. That, um, that kind of like, 
I have a friend who has been really into World of Warcraft and like he's told me about some of the lore stuff like behind the expansions and like the Draenei and I'm like the aliens what what is happening uh, and like the Burning Legion that's old like, stuff I, oh yeah no but he was like I, all this stuff that I had no idea about because I didn't care about like the lore of anything that was happening I, I ain't reading the story about like I didn't play most of those expansions either until like way later I like or, a lot like, of that um, stuff Everything but, through Cataclysm, I enjoy yeah. story wise. Yeah, and then so like at like the most recent two expansions or whatever, they kind of brought it all back to like, oh, it's just orcs versus humans again or whatever. And yeah, it's a weird I, I like it's reset weird. and it's, retread of the stuff they've been doing. And like, like the way that I'm not trying to to dunk on on WoW fans because every I mean it's good that people I want people to have things they enjoy, but like the way that they were like, we're excited to announce a tiny alpaca pet. And the crowd, the audience is like, "Whoa, yeah, alpacas!" I just like, what is it like to be in that world? I I I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Well, that is it for the news this week. There's probably some other stuff, but that was the big things going on. Uh, Next week. We'll perhaps talk some Death Stranding. Probably uh, that comes out. Yeah, we'll probably get at least a couple hours into it, right? I mean, a couple, yeah, a couple out of a hundred. We'll see. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm gonna try and finish Outer Worlds before that comes out. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. God, okay. Godspeed. Well. <laughs> Alex, where can people find you? Uh, on fix.space, where you can also email me at gaming at fix.space. And also, if you so desire, there'll be a review going up later. You can tell us all about what you want to hear from us or questions or comments. Yep. Uh, yep. Recipe Your ideas. favorite thing to put on corn nuts. Uh, would you oh, yeah. die for Claire from the Bon Appetit oh, Test yes. Kitchen? Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. us at gaming at fix up face. <laughs> the, the the speed with which <laughs> you responded. Yeah. Duh. Uh, I mean, yeah, like question. obviously. Uh listener poll, please tell us. Um Pat, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me at PJC Plays. Survey says I don't know. God, what? Um that that's a Bruce Almighty reference for you. Um, Allison, <laughs> Allison, where can people find you? Speaking of bad movies. Oh, okay. I like Bruce I'm Almighty. a good movie. Uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, and you can find me on Twitter. Speaking of Rosebud. You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Sorry, Citizen Kane, not Rosebud. Rosebud is the sled, not the movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. You Correct. can find me, Andre Cole, on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode 94 of Gaming Fix. Like Alex said, you can visit Fix.Space to read our reviews, uh, find our podcast on your podcast platform of choice, or share it to your friends and family and loved ones uh, in this upcoming holiday season. Uh, you know what goes good in a stocking? little uh usb drive full of our podcast <laughs> okay uh you know like you know on black friday you know they're gonna be like super cheap oh, usb drive deals shit. just like pick up some usb drives and just give them out to all your uh friends guys and family. there's something we need to talk about we might want to put our podcast out on hit clips <laughs> okay. oh, so we could have a whole like 
wait, they haven't paid for this placement. We got to cut this out. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about this off air. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about strands. Oh yeah, I mean games that bring Ugh. people together, like this podcast. I wish I had taken Friday off. <laughs> It'll be a Friday night, Saturday. Well, shit, me, I do so have Friday be... off, although I have plans that weekend. Ooh. But oh, 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 oh. Allison! Oh no! Oh, you're the discourse. Oh, you're gonna miss out. You're I know. I know. Discourse. I we'll see. We'll um, see if I can make it. I I might have plans during the day, but. I don't know. If no, I, whether or not you make it at the podcast is irrelevant. You're just going to be out of the discourse. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not <laughs> unusual, though, but that's that. You know what? It's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, sometimes we need to get out of the discourse. Uh, and you know what? That's your homework for this week. Get out of the discourse and get, get into yeah. get, get in. That's a smart idea my in car. general. Get into your car and go somewhere. Get out of the discourse and get go, into my car. Go go on a hike. Prepare yourself for the hike for hiking simulator 2019. Um, by going on a by real hike. Going for a real hike. And maybe steal a motorcycle and deliver some packages. And, That's always and, a good plan. Uh, Participate yeah. in the gig economy. Yeah. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't no. Get out of the gig economy and get, get into my car. Get some likes. <laughs> Uh, stop getting oh god for the death stranding is the friends we made along the way thanks everybody goodbye goodbye, goodbye. bye, bye.